This is Unrelegated, recording live from our studio at Hudson FC. And, uh, yeah, on this bottom-of-the-table Tuesday, I like to call it. (laughs) 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 I mean, terrible Tuesday. I mean, what do you... Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, We'll talk about that a little little bit later. But first, I want to thank you guys, uh, Devin for Lane Night Fan TV and Felipe Cardenas from The Athletic for joining Unrelegated. Kelly is off uh, taking care of some business uh, that she needed to take care of, um, although she was at the soccer over there event yesterday uh, that Felipe uh, ditched. Um, at the my last bad, minute, my bad. Um, you know, for daddy the, duty for the kids, and Felipe's uh, like, yeah, I have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take care of my own. I'm, kids. I'm doing my work. Like, <laughs> what do you want? So yeah, that was a great event. Um, and uh, if you weren't aware, uh, yesterday, Monday night, uh, the day before this recording, uh, there was a uh, sort of fundraiser hosted during the soccer over there podcast with Nicolifi um, on the Soccer Down Here Network. Uh, and that had uh, Jason Longshore there, John Nelson, uh, Nick, Mike Conti was there, uh, Chris from Iron Tooth, uh, or, or Iron Tooth uh, was there, donated some posters. Um, Kelly and Jessica as well. Yeah, the Three Taverns uh, has, gave a dollar for every Rowdy and Proud beer bought, um, all that stuff, and some raffle prize, stuff like that. Raised $1,000 over two hours. Yeah, nice. man. That's what so I'm about that's that. pretty incredible. I mean, if you're making 500 bucks an hour these days. You dollar, know, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> pretty, Especially for such a great cause. Yeah, you're either in sanitation or, or something illegal, probably. I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> Or a high-priced attorney, maybe. In, in New York. I don't know what those people make anymore. Or Magic City. Or Magic City, just yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> that's a thousand dollars was was how many one dollar bills were in that trophy could fit in that trophy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's probably also what they spent on Purell. <laughs> so, uh, so guys, thanks for for joining me. Uh, not great times, but all, a lot of. I mean, exciting things to talk about, though, um, not just related to United, but in the league, and we'll get into some of this stuff. Before we do, um, I wanted to sort of talk to you, uh, the, the viewers, for those of you listening, we're on Atlanta United Fan TV now. And uh, first of all, if you've come and uh, given a like, uh, subscribe, all that stuff, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. And so we're a part of the Atlanta United Fan uh, TV family. Those of you who've been listening to us, you've heard us talk about this time and time again. But this may be your first time watching our podcast uh, versus Five Stripe Weekly or yep. some of the other things you've seen, vlogs. You may have seen my face pop in and out here and there. The kit reveal where we work together. That's right. We did that great kit reveal uh, vlog. That was a lot of fun. We did uh, with AJ and Kelly and I and Mark. We did uh, uh, that uh, little pop-up. At Wish, uh, yeah. At Wish uh, ATL, where the MLS Cup was, and they had um, you know the jewelry there and some photos and stuff, or pictures and photos, iconic photos laid out through the gallery, things like that. But you know, who are we? Who is unrelegated? Well, unrelegated, we started a year ago. Uh, Kelly and I were uh, briefly sitting in on Miles of the South yep. uh, until Sam could uh, make his return. Uh, he's in Athens, and he was also on the radio for a while out there for, for quite a while. So uh, we were on there with Josh Bagriansky and Eric Quintana, uh, and then uh, we decided to uh, spin off, do our own thing. We wanted to focus more on the culture. Yep. You know, the guys from Dreese South Soccer are great, but, you know, they get press passes. They uh, Josh is great talking about tactics. They have a very sports radio feel. They're great and, with stats. And, yeah, you know. and, and Kelly and I had an idea to really embed ourselves in uh, the first year. There are 17 different 
uh, I think, away matches or, or 16. I think with almost every single one at 13 different locations um, throughout the, the year. And so we basically embedded it, did, did all these way. And we're still going to do that stuff. You know, we've kind of changed the formula a little bit because now we have Jessica Charman, who's also with us. And uh, they do Queens of the South. So now this podcast used to be weekly. It's now bi-weekly. And then Queens of the South is bi-weekly. So we alternate. Uh, so uh, Content, content, Yeah, content. so we're creating new things. There's and, a lot of content out and there. And Queens of the South is very different because it's just uh, it's very laid back. It's, it's Kelly and Jess literally sitting on Kelly's couch, <laughs> you know, just hanging out. Isn't it also the first all-female podcast? With, as far as I know, yeah. As far as I know with ATL United? Um, awesome. I, I, know, awesome. I know of podcasts in MLS world that have a male-female, so, like, we weren't the first to do that. Um, but I don't know if there's any all-female podcasts. And, and then over and above that, just Jess with that 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 Redding, you know. Oh yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the tell oh, about she, that actually. She, she likes to say things like squeaky bum and yes. yeah, things like that. Instant credibility, right there. <laughs> yeah, Redding, right Redding season ticket holder, yeah. like you know. And hardcore. college soccer, you know, college yeah. soccer player. Play, well, she played also in um, alongside uh, a lot of women who are now professional athletes yes. and stuff over in the system, over in Reading and stuff like that. And, and she will break your shins in five. Aside. Yeah, and <laughs> she was, by the way, the the one who uh, helped lead the charge for that fundraiser for the kids uh, for soccer in the streets ahead of the ATL Nations Cup this Sunday. So uh, big round of applause much for, much for you, Jess, and, and everybody who contributed, and uh, thank you for coming out. That was a cool event. And, of course, we all know Kelly as, you know, Miss Francis Superstar. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, to get back on track, um, essentially, you know, we focus more on uh, fan culture, supporter culture. Uh, we've done things where we've gone down and uh, done a, a, li- a live podcast, like actually during a NPSL match. Uh, at George Revolution versus the Silverbacks at the time um, down in, in uh, south of Atlanta. Yep. So, you know, we do a, a lot of events and, and, and try to intermingle with a lot of the other podcasts and, and things like that. So we hope to do some cross-collaboration stuff as well this year uh, and continue to do that stuff. Maybe we'll jump on Home Before Dark. Maybe we'll start to have those guys on over here as well. Um, th- that type of stuff. So really we like to bring in people from all aspects. And uh, It's and really just, all about the fans, man. Having it all it, in one place. It is. We're not your tactics. That, you know, you, you can go elsewhere for for, for to get dive into XG and tactics, and you just have to be on Twitter for five seconds to see that stuff. But um, that's not really our vibe. I mean, you know, Kelly and I enjoy watching the game. We, uh, you know, like I didn't play it outside of when I was a youth. Uh, I didn't, you know, play in college. I didn't, I didn't study the game. I didn't read books. You know, stuff like that. Right. So for me, it's it's more about the fan experience, the experience of just being able to sit back and watch it. And we talk about those things, and we talk about what's going on because we're plugged in. Kelly's in the supporter section like every game. Um, I used to alternate in there quite a bit, um, but, you know, she's sort of my plug into there as well. And, and we, we just, uh, you know, I'm in a supporters group. We have uh, people that are listeners that are in supporters groups. And we, we talk and put our ear to the ground and we hear things and we'd like to talk about stuff that's going on. And we'll talk about some of those things in this podcast. So thank you for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this alternative content um, that, uh, you know, gives you a place where you can come. And even if you aren't a fan of us, it's just another place that you can come and you're going to realize that you're just going to have more options, more right. things available to you uh, on one channel. So there's a, there's, a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of fun to be had here. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for watching. And uh, as you say, like, uh, subscribe, share. Yeah, like, comment, <laughs> s- subscribe, share. Leave, <laughs> leave a rating so we can appear higher in your, uh, in your podcast pop-ups. But let's get to those matches, man. Let's, uh, yeah. let's talk about this. I, and, and we're going to dig in, uh, in, in quite a bit into the, the Saturday match. But first, Felipe, you have big news. Uh, you've been with The Athletic for how long now? I started as a freelancer in June. 
Okay. So last June, yeah. Okay. So right when, they, year. Like right when they yeah. started, right? Yeah. Pretty much. I right. mean, they the athletic soccer, the vertical, uh, launched right after the World Cup. Um, yeah, obviously, it was, in, it was in the works before that, um, but it made its official debut like pretty much after the final. Um, and, and Atlanta was one of the first cities um, that, that was kind of like part of the launch, part of, one of the first MLS cities that was part of the launch. And so I was just lucky enough to um, be part of it. Like at the time, um, a lot of people asked me, like, how did you get into this? And, you know, I, I, had a, I ended a 14-year career in advertising last Thursday. But I've always written. I've always been involved in the game from, you know, I played growing up. I played in college. Um, and I had a blog that I just started for fun. Um, probably, I think it was 20, like, summer of 2017. And it was, like, global. I was writing about Champions League. I was writing about anything. Like, I had one article about MLS. And then I connected with the Dirty South guys and uh, with Rob Rossery. He asked me, he's like, hey, anytime you want to write, you can write. And so I did some, some pieces on uh, Atlanta United Year One. And Paul Tenorio from The Athletic happened to read it. Like, he read, he read my stuff, and he was like, hey, man, are you, are you available? So that's how it started, and it was kind of like a 10-month relationship as, as a freelancer. And then um, just shortly, you know, a couple weeks ago, we, we finalized a full-time position for myself and other writers, uh, which is... I saw that announcement. There's a lot. For me, yeah. It's an it's, awesome it's staff. A, it's, a, we're, we're, it's a stacked team at, at The Athletic. A lot of guys with a lot of experience, um, not only covering MLS, but just covering the game from, from a journalistic point of view from all over the country, D.C., Seattle, Boston, Chicago, and then for, I'm here in Atlanta. For people that may not subscribe to The Athletic or they don't read a lot of you know, stuff outside of what's put out by Major League Soccer mm-hmm. or you know, Doug ESPN Robertson or, like, you know, f- through a, a traditional newspaper, yeah. why is this such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal that that the that the athletic have have hired full time staff writers? Well, because it's it's just so rare in our industry for soccer writers to have full time positions that include like benefits, something as as important as benefits that you can get a, at a full time job. That's why so many of us were were freelancers for so long because it's just it's a tough industry for soccer in America. It's it's still a growing sport. Uh, we're constantly, I think, trying to earn a little bit more credibility. The le- as the league grows, the sport grows in the U.S. So um, it was, it, it's, it really is unprecedented for for a, an outlet, an independent outlet like the Athletic, to commit to the sport in this way and and hire five full time writers, including a full time uh, writer that'll be covering the NWSL, the Women's World Cup, the the Women's uh, U.S. National Team, full time. Um, and, and so the commitment. And listen, like the athletic, it's not just soccer. We're talking about every sport in North America. I saw that, right? Everything. You have big names in NHL, NFL, huge uh, names all from, over the place. Yeah, yeah. that have come from Sports Illustrated, ESPN. That have been covering the NBA, the NFL, hockey for baseball for for years and years and years. And then soccer is kind of like the new kind of cool kid on the block and and we mean business we want to be just as we want to be up there with the rest of the guys why do you think the athletic is different for for there are also a lot of people that have been around following mls uh following soccer in north america and lower leagues for a very long time they've seen a lot of uh companies uh venture capitalists come in uh talk a big game 442 this that you know you've seen them right they come and then they go even this, most recently with Copa 90 be, US. I mean, from the outside looking in, I, I, just the writing and the way things are done, the people that are the editors, the transparency, I feel a different vibe. But right. what, like to you, you're, you're on the inside. You're seeing this firsthand. You're reaping the benefits of this. 
I mean, you know, you gave up a, a full-time position. You must be confident that this thing's not going to fold in three months. Right. No, I, I, I believe in the model and, and just in, you know, three or four days being in, in kind of in the Slack channels and receiving everything from within the company. Um, I think there's a real belief and a real commitment to just quality journalism and premium content. And, and I think we know that that's, we were just talking about it, that that's what the fans want. They, they're consuming content. Um, they're seeking content. They're, they're looking for it. They, they, they're eager for it, but they're eager for good content. I think, especially in soccer in the U.S., fans are much more savvy. They're much more knowledgeable. They, they know that they can get anything for free. But the Athletic is a subscription-based model, and we know that. We're writing for the readers that are paying for, for a subscription, so we need to elevate the sport, elevate the expectations the are high. Like yeah. I saw tweets like from people that are like, Where's my effing t shirt? Yes. Like, I am subscriber. Yeah. I want my t shirt. Like, you know, like they could easily just go, eh, I'm yeah. just gonna like but no, they're being vocal. They're like, hey, like, you know, you know, you. It's, it seems silly right. to use as an example, but I mean that's something that they're invested, obviously, because otherwise they could have just they don't have to say anything. They could just stop unsubscribe. No, I have <laughs> and I and I have a question. You know, you've kind of seen the rise, and, and I I really attribute it to NBCSN and, and networks like that showing Premier League that you've seen the rise of MLS. You know, based off the ability to watch more soccer, ESPN Plus, yeah, everything. I mean, yeah. and, and Bundesliga on Fox Sports now, right. and French League coming next year. I mean, all these other things are rising. So alongside that you've also seen kind of a buck away from traditional journalism so do you feel that like fan cams and fan interest have benefited something like the athletic where people like you said are running after content and and seeking it out i mean i think to your point yes the the fact that the game the the foreign leagues the big leagues the, the epl la liga are becoming just everyone's cup of tea everyone's daily routine you can turn on the tv you can watch soccer so from 8 a.m. until Italian 4 p.m. Italian soccer team yeah. Twitter accounts tweeting in Eng- the English accounts, you know, yeah. the, the, the Manchester City offering free content to people. Right. If you want, hey, you want videos? Schalke to U.S. Show? having a brew, a yeah. brew house party like, on Saturday. They're giving it away you know? now where it used to be you got kicked off Twitter if you used one of their videos. Right. You know? and, and, and I think what The Athletic understands is that not everyone is a diehard fan. Not everyone has been following the, 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 the sport of soccer. I think the writing since, reflects that, too. Right. And so we're conscious of that. We understand that there are, there are the diehards that are really into to the, 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 the analytics, the tactical aspect of the game. They're ones that are just getting into the sport, that, that really want to follow the team, just want to know everything about it from the inside. They want that lens that, that they're not getting maybe from just traditional game reports or daily tweets. And so, you know, in my first editorial meeting on, on Monday, I, I, I got a taste of it. I, I heard stories that were being pitched from the other writers um, that I just I don't see anywhere else. Like, Do you I think that also... That. Do you think just like having quality players on the bench and being a deep bench, it puts pressure on the other guys? Do you f- do you feel or do you have to raise pressure? up your like, game? Do you feel more pressure now that you're full time? Like yeah, you, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I personally, my wife was telling me the other day, she's like, you don't have to, you don't have to kill it your first week, and it's like that's what I've been telling myself right constantly because I put, they've already no, seen it from you. No you don't have to prove put, anything. Yeah. yeah, no one puts more pressure on, <laughs> right. on myself than than you're than a first myself. round draft pick, yeah. baby. <laughs> I got told that every t- every time I got a new job, I eventually had someone, whether a manager or somebody like. We hired you for a reason. Like, yeah. you don't have to keep proving yourself. But, but at the same time, like, we, we understand that the, the readers are committed to. They are paying a subscription. They expect to get that type of premium content, the, the knowledge that they don't get anywhere else. And so, of course, it puts a good type of pressure on all the writers to, 
to constantly go after stories and chase stories that they're not getting anywhere else and that we know the readers can you know, relate to and that, that are relevant to different types of demographics across U.S. soccer. You know, uh, it's the Adel, uh, you hear it all the time, Prince dead, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you see companies like Copa 90 U.S. completely fall apart, right? right? And whether it's just poor management, bad investment, all of the above, the wrong formula, trying to copy formula in Europe and put it in the U.S., who knows? But it's just it, it's interesting to me to see the athletic and it's all print media right. doing well, so well. The, but the, is is this something that you know? Do you guys talk? Do you know? Like, are, is there talk of more like doing video content? Do you are you comfortable in your vertical and saying this is what we're good at? Let's focus on that. Well, I mean, listen, the world will always need good writers. I mean, in, in every in every industry, and and I, I know there was a time when. The, the the being a journalist was tough you know everyone was quote pivoting to video um and and quickly the, i think the industry realized that yes video is important video is kind of like the on-demand type of content that people enjoy you watch it you're in you're out you're done next it's the instant coffee generation it, exactly and and so that that's part of how we're consuming media at home as well like you cut the cord everything is like on demand it's just a, it's an app you tweet you know or you click you're out we binge no watch commercials now. yeah like it's so that's that's always going to be part of this industry but i think at the same time people really still appreciate quality long form content i think you see it when someone like joseph martinez publishes something in the players yes, review yeah i mean People go crazy for it because yeah. they're getting that look behind the scenes, right? Kevin, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne recently was Kevin De Bruyne was, was amazing. It was, it was excellent. Yeah. It was excellent because, you know, it's it, it exactly you could do an interview, but what what there there are things that you connect with that are that are still in written form that are different from when you're watching a two minute video. It's a testimonial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know that for somebody to sit down and pick up a pen, you know, and put pen to paper and edit their thoughts. It, there's more to it than just going onto a video and blah, or yeah. or or so you know just showing everything in immediacy. Like he said, it, it's 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 a difference in generations. And if you're going to take the time to actually put the effort into the writing, somebody should want to put the effort into reading it. Yeah, I Correct. just like the interactiveness. Like in the app, it allows me to, and it may do it on the website too, but it allows me to rate the article, yeah. which means that you guys are getting we see it. constant cycle of feedback, yeah. and it can adjust accordingly. Yep. And that's to me, that's where it's not just print like you right. know you're taking and you're engaging right we learn you know, from our so metrics. it may not be video but you're right. engaging with your readers you're doing q and a's yep. you're doing these types of things you're making yourselves available on twitter you're mm-hmm. having conversations so that's really that's great that's the most important thing because yeah. it, you know if you see in a, we live in a connected world where you know anybody can talk to anybody on twitter it just may not always be the nicest thing yeah. but when somebody actually responds back you see how tones change real it also quick. builds trust Definitely. because when we in the international football arena like and we'll talk about it a little later like the pt stuff coming out right we don't know what to trust coming out of argentina or the, and like we have to rely on certain people like a joe patrick this person well remember what he said last year it didn't turn out and the two last two things so be careful with this guy versus oh that guy is definitely credible yeah. right but we don't know because a lot of those guys they don't tweet very much unless it's just rumors or whatever and they're also contractors for other publications here we're seeing and getting to know the writers day in and day out right with the same publication, it's it's it is emerging technology. Like the athletic is part of that yeah. that that ecosystem, right? Of of 
an ex an, an app experience that people want to come back to. You know, there no ads, nothing that's going to like interrupt your experience. The fact that you can create your own content, you can follow your authors, you can read what you want. When it encourages want. daily active users. That's, exactly. You check back all the time. And and we're there, like me personally, like and I know the other writers as well. Like we're 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 reading the comment section. Some of us interact depending on, and we're not answering every single comment, but we're we're there reading. We're I we see George and your editor in there though <laughs> too. Sometimes, sometimes George yeah. jumps in too. So. So, you know, I think we just, we understand that, that the reader is, is everything, you know, we want them to, to understand that this, this business is about them. Like we understand that they are paying for the content. We want them to be satisfied. But at the same time, we understand that this, we're, we're also reporting and, and we're not, we're not writing just because we want to write. We're not doing puff pieces. We're not doing game recaps that you can get anywhere. You know, this is about what is, what is really happening in my, you know, inside my team's locker room. Well, what are they saying? Speaking what is to it? that, like, and you know, some people may be concerned because the the idea behind pooling full time resources is that you as writers can focus on more than just one team. So you will you'll be traveling. I, I'm guessing in the southeast to Orlando, possibly other places, doing yes. reporting on other teams. Help explain, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. But help explain, like, how does this actually benefit us, Atlanta United? fans who've been getting all your content right well the first thing is that i'm not moving so that's important <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, i still live in atlanta i i love atlanta i my, we thought they just set you up an office <laughs> at the training grounds so no, no, no. <laughs> uh, my I, I'm, I'm setting up a home office though yes so at the um, training grounds could use that for tax purposes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so that's very important um but no like my my family and i we've been here nine years this city has been great to us it, it keeps rewarding us with with opportunities and so i'm not going Going anywhere, and and the fact that I'm not leaving means that I'm still going to training. I'm still covering the team, uh, but the the commitment that the athletic soccer has made and the athletic has made to the sport means that now we can chase any story around MLS. And in my case, I know that there's there will be an opportunity to speak to more players across the league, potentially players that aren't getting covered that have great stories to tell you know that that are playing on, on teams that are coming up or have been playing in the league this you know for, for several years and um, have been performing at high levels and we just don't know anything about them so how does that benefit atlanta readers well i think that they're going to get to know the league in a much more intimate way they're going to understand opponents a better knowledge base it's better knowledge it's not just you know, who are we playing this week? Well, you're going to understand, like, the personalities behind the teams. You heard it here. 80% more Orlando content. Where they no, came from. I, the other day I did think, I'm like, what will that first Please. story about Orlando be? How can will you, that be received? Can you write under the ghost name Jordan Culver? <laughs> exactly. Let him call me. Um, How will it be received? I'll be in the comments. Exactly. You'll be there. But, you know, you, you talk about region. And, like, this was not a regional play by The Athletic, but... You know, just look where we are. There's you know, two new teams no, I mean, coming into Paul, the Southeast. Paul Tenorio was at at, yeah. at L.A. He was in L.A. He lives in Chicago. Writing like, from L.A. You're, you're national also, stories. You're also about to get Nashville. You're about to get yeah. Austin. You're about to get into Miami it's eventually. This into Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like this region is 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 just exploding with with soccer and, and professional clubs with a lot with owners that want to be good right away that are that are taking the Atlanta model, which is another another way for Atlanta fans to to connect to these teams and understand, okay, we were we started this. You mean they're going to also win an MLS Cup and then go to last place the next <laughs> <laughs> First to worst. Life in reverse. We want that model. You want that model, right. I mean, 
but yes, I mean, th- this it's we are privileged to be where we are. Who would have thought that you know years ago that Atlanta or the Southeast was going to be this hub for professional soccer in, in, in the U.S. Not only in the Can U.S. Can I say me as a former ODP three region player who told everybody to please come to my soccer matches when I was in high school? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I kept telling them that soccer was eventually going to take over, and they're all. They're I'm, like, why does that 18-year-old have a now. giant beard always? Like, what? <laughs> man beard man up there beard. in the field. <clears throat> beard bros. But, yeah, so so I don't know where my, my next assignment is. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to finding out. I, know I mean, hopefully Puerto Rico or something. I mean, that, something nice. I hear Belize <laughs> is starting a team now. Um, but, starting a Caribbean uh, vertical. You're saying you wouldn't <laughs> want to go cover Atlético Nacional in Colombia? Or? Oh, well, my squad is America de Cali, so I would first yeah. love that. But, of course, I would love to yeah. go to... Medellin and cover. The, you could always go to Peñarol. You could go to Montevideo. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> I just need to talk to some scouts and hey, there's a guy in, in, in Peñarol that needs to be interviewed. Yeah, he Christian he a, Pavon at Boca Juniors. I'm sure a, is looking to make an MLS move. There's a two percent chance that Elaine sure. and I is looking at this guy. You should probably come down here yeah. and check it out. <laughs> but no, I mean it's obviously my knowing Spanish. The, the dual language has been part of this experience, part Can't of my hurt. experience, part of the, the my my experience with the athletic, part of the reason why. You know, I think people have resonated with these stories that you're able to. I've been able to speak to the players in a more intimate fashion, where they can, we can just talk. And and you know, the other day at, at the FC Dallas game, there's a uh, like just a row of UGA journalism students, and one of the things that they asked me was, you know, what was just for advice. And I think when it comes to interviewing players, there there is a moment of of, of tension at first, and and especially with Let's use Joseph Martinez as, as an example. Like, I, I think he sees me and he knows me. But every time that that first minute when he walks in, there's still like a moment of like journalista. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What do what do you what are we doing here? What are you going to say? And so, it, it, you really have to understand the psyche of the player. What they're what the, where they're coming from? Are they coming out of practice? Are they coming from? Are, are, are they in a slump? You know, are, is he at a point where he can't miss? Well, last year when I met him, he was. You know, he hadn't hit the record yet, but he was on his way. And now, the last time I talked to him, you know, he's he had one goal in, in I don't know how many matches in MLS, but he's just he's on he's on a goal in the regular season. So, he, I think he understands that two after the Dallas match, right? Now he's on a second goal, exactly. So, I think him and I know that we can talk about the sport. We can there there's a trust there, um, and and that's that's the expectation moving forward when 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 I reach out across MLS and talk to other players. I look forward uh, to you learning Portuguese, and then uh, you can do what, is Nani up for an interview? <laughs> I mean, he probably speaks multiple <laughs> languages. I know he does. Well, I mean, being at Man United for the longest time, yeah. they they put their players through through English classes, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Now, now, quick question: Is there a player in MLS that you? Have an interview that you would want to this time? Maybe somebody at LAFC who yeah, happens to be at the top of that list. <laughs> that just keeps on the whiteboard <laughs> in your in your uh, or written on the mirror. I do have a list. I have a list, um, and, and and it's a, kind of a shout out. I don't know if you've heard of Trello, a Trello board. Mm-hmm. Trello, I have. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, people use it across like tech. Mm-hmm. I use it to just like my ideas are there, and so it can be a random idea, and I'll just go to the app and I'll. I'll you've add been it in the, the marketing board. industry too long. I know, I know. <laughs> but it helps. But it idea works, boards. Yeah, We're gonna have this idea. Board. Are you on Pinterest? <laughs> it's an idea. It's pretty much a Pinterest. Synergy. Um, of course, Carlos Vela would be great, like to get his perspective. But most of the people on my list are kind of like underground players that um, are role players on good teams. Like, you know, uh, the, the, the young Colombian Atuesta that plays for LAFC. Like, you know, he, he, con- he continues to 
perform under a very high expectations in LAFC under a a very, I mean, you know, Bob Bradley is one of those coaches that I think really demands a lot from his players. So like there's that, there's obviously the, the front three in Houston. Um, and, and, and yeah, there are players and coaches and they don't always have, they don't only, only have to speak Spanish. I mean, one of the better interviews, one of my best interviews and best performing articles for the athletic was the one I did with Michael Parkhurst. Mm -hmm. So it's, the language is important. I tell everyone that that doesn't think a second language will help you in, in your professional life that you're wrong. It, it always helps in, in, in anything that you're doing. Um, and so, yes, looking forward to, to just reaching out and meeting new players, coaches, administrators, executives. It could be anyone at this point. I have a, I have a request just because it might be the last chance that we get. Uh, on June 1st or before, could you possibly try to set something up with Bastian Schweinsteiger? Bastion. Just because that—that's a name and and a player that has meant, you know, some something to so many mega clubs over the you know and the yeah. German national team. He's a World Cup winner. I would love to. I would love to see somebody do something with us as a, like a send off for Bastian Swine. Yeah. 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 Bastian, Bastian Schweinsteiger. It's funny because <laughs> Paul may have dibs on that. Well, I'm pitching. I'm pitching for Felipe here. <laughs> it's funny because my 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 one Basti story was before I was. I think this was when I still had my blog, so I was just writing for my cousins and my family. Um, I was in the Chicago airport um, in Midway, actually, and I ran into the, like several Chicago Fire players, including Bastian Schweinsteiger. And I was starstruck, totally. But And I went up to him, and, and I said, hey, man, like, pl- pleasure to meet you. Um, do you mind if I get a picture? And so I gave my phone to just kind of like a, a probably a second teamer. I don't know who it was, but he was rocking the Chicago fire gear we took a picture and he was very nice um we small talk for a little bit and he left right um later walking into the bathroom i i ran into dax mccarty and so whatever i, I think i put that i tweeted that before i was even involved in this community that is mls and atlanta soccer and um you know me like with my arm around bassy saying this is the I, I this today i was this close to winning the world cup was was what i wrote and uh, a friend of mine retweeted and then added like oh did you see what happened later and it was a picture of random fans um i think they were like kind of had their arms around unknown like chicago fire second teamers and the person taking the picture of that crowd was bastian schweinsteiger he's just a genuine dude so but the fans didn't know who he was (laughs) the fans can you hold this camera please please hold this and take a picture that that reminds me look like professionals that reminds me of the train story with the guy whose parents were on with like paul pog oh yeah 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 absolute no that was a great tweet thread yeah very similar so paul freaking Pogba. so speaking of since you're you were just at the training ground today and and a lot of some stuff has come out uh, and so I want to get your insights on that since you're now, you know, full time. Uh, I, ex- I expect you to know all the things now. Everything. All the <laughs> yes. stats, the XG. All the, all the things, all the player uh, tidbits. Um, Matt Doyle re- just recently wrote um, that he doesn't believe a transfer is off the table. Uh, Doug Robertson uh, scrambled to do a sort of a follow up. He, he reached out to the team. They said uh, all they would say is that he's here through the summer. Right. To me, that's a signal that, you know, there's still something going on. Yeah. There's, there's some, well some legs to Darlington. this. Yeah. yeah. What's it, your feeling? What's your feeling about it? Well, you know, I think today what he he was caught off guard. I'm talking about uh, Darlington Angry. I think he was caught off guard by the question because um, of the Matt Doyle quote that spurned it. That yeah, yeah like, or was the, it? the reporter that asked it was yeah. Chris Vermeister. He and he mentioned you know Matt Doyle had written this Chris piece. Chris from Pro Soccer from USA. Pro Soccer yeah. USA. 
Uh, he brought it up. He said, you know, what is, do you have anything to say to that? What's your status? And it really caught Darlington off guard. And I think, you know, his answer was very honest, but very revealing. You know, it, kind of his non-answer was very revealing. What was his answer? That he's, he just, he's here, he's showing up. Oh, right. He's, he's, okay. You know, uh, he's not sure uh, if, you know, maybe that's a question for the club. So maybe ask the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was. He defaulted that, to a very, yeah. Yeah. So can't so answer. He, which, obviously, I think. Versus can, like, oh, no. like or I'm here working yeah, every day. I'm, We're I'm, getting better. We've got yeah, a match on Saturday. That's, that's what you expect from like. The canned a, heat. Like if Julian Gressel said, well, just ask the team, we'd all be freaking out right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, to, to Darlington's credit, like that was one of, I think that was the last question of the scrum with him. And so he, you know, I, I personally asked him about training. Like I was there. I right. saw it. It was a very spirited and a very intense training session where. Um, what we were able to see was uh, kind of groups of two groups um, first doing shooting drills where they were like. And this was in your article that was just published moments yeah, before you came on with exactly. us. Yeah. So, so working on finishing, focusing on finishing. So, yeah. And it was yeah. like they, they would create a triangle, one touch triangle, layoff, shoot. Converting XG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Practice. But it was very intense. Yeah. And, and when, when, when players would score and when they would, when they would finish, like kind of everyone kind of erupted and, and w they were very into this drill, right? That's where George Bellow was participating. And so that's when I treated him like, oh, look, George Bellow is, looks great. He really did look really the good. The mystery injury is back. He, he has good. played with ATL United too, but for some reason is yeah. always so listed yeah. on the injury. He thing. looked good in that. And then from there they moved to – now they def they like the uptick in intensity really went high in this one. It was so like a small sided two goals, two goalkeepers, two team like three v two type of drill where you're just running at the the two defenders and trying to score. And it, w once you score, you're off the field. The next the next group goes. And it was like really intense, really intense. George Bello was taken out of that drill, and while everyone was kind of in that. He was on the sideline, kind of right. stretching his quads, stretching his groin. So that tells me that he's not. I don't yeah. think he's hundred. I don't think he'll play yeah. this Saturday either. Okay. Um, they won't risk that. But um, Darlington was there playing hard. There's there's a moment where PT and Ezekiel r ran into each other, and it sounded like pads crashing into each other, like a football practice. Wow! And I remember Chris Vermeister was like, you know, that's you'd never want to see thirty million dollars of. No quality running that into each other. That was the sound of smacking like into Barco's braces. Yeah. My stomach literally <laughs> just <laughs> dropped as you said that. Like, so, yeah. like I, I don't, I don't, I don't care who wins practice. Yeah, <laughs> but it was really intense. It was, and and I think what it, what that says, and oh, that's what God. I. Wrote but the South American guys love that, right? They, yeah, and LGP. Like yeah. there was one time where he was like, he's always into these practices, but like uh, Anderson Sedu just comes, was winded at one point, and he was on LGP's team, and they they were trying to get back, and at one point. Um, it was 3v1 against LGP, and they finished. And, and while he's, like, backtracking in this drill, he's yelling at Anderson, like, get back, get back. Anderson couldn't get back. He had no legs at that point, and LGP just completely ripped into him. And so is maybe that just rookie hazing? Maybe or somebody should rip into LGP when he yeah. gets I hung think, out to drive. <laughs> Let, let's talk about scissor tackles past the <laughs> midfield stripe. Later. I think... LGP just yells at everybody. Yeah, right? it's just, I think it's equal, it tre equal yeah. treatment. Everyone gets it. Um, yeah. So after I mean, that, usually, usually during the games, he's yelling at the ref. <laughs> right. But to your point, I, I asked Darlington in the scrum, like, how important is that? You know, the level of intensity coming off of, of, of a loss, where, and that's what the, the article that I just wrote about is about. Like, you can talk about progress all you want. You're still not winning. You're still in last place. You, you're you're at the point where you you played that card. Okay, you can't play it again. You can't you can't play it ever again and say we're still making progress. You're the defending MLS champions. You're you need to start winning. Like the question I would ask the fans is at this point 
are you okay with just ugly wins? Or is it to the point where, no, we need to perform, we need to have 20 shots on goal, we need to win games? They're, they're not getting it done in, in on either side. On either, either side of if the ball If Dallas right now. takes three shots and scores two goals, you cannot come back and tell me, hey, we took tw- however many 20-plus shots we took right. to not convert. That's right. not a positive stat because then you can always come back to your sub-one points per game and your sub-one goals per game in a league where that's – that's got you in last place. You're yeah. first to worst. They're winning the statistical matchups consistently. Uh, Twenty two shots. Yeah, right. and it's and and, and XG continues to rise. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so that's those are the questions that I pose to the yeah. to, to the players today. Is that you know coming off the conversation I had with Joseph Martinez, where he was very candid about the fact that the confidence was dropping, um, and you know what happens when you feel you know you've done everything. You've done everything right. You've created chances. You've hit the bar. Um, you, you've done, take care. You've done bad it luck all. tomorrow against <laughs> Arsenal versus Wolves. All Arsenal, baby. Go Gunners. Much love to Fran. Thanks, Fran. For Fran from Fran. Uh, Hudson always. FC. Letting us to, to live in the studio booth. <laughs> studio booth. Booth A. Um, no. What do you do? What is a professional at this level when they feel like they've they can't possibly do anything else? They're working. Their asses off in, in training. Well, what are they saying? This is a good segue because, you know, Frank DeBoer, and we talked a little bit about this before the podcast, he's out there saying this is the best match we've ever had. The guys are confident. Drives and, me up and, the fucking and wall. And as, as, as nutso as that may sound to uh, uh, your, your average fan, I'm also, you know, thinking, well, you know, if this is keeping the dressing room, is this just keeping their heads in the game? If this is what... Maybe, surely you can't speak for every single player. Mm-hmm. Some are going to be pissed off. Some are not. Whatever. But if overall they feel they're improving, and he, this is helping him by coming out to the press to say this, helping them feel like they are gaining momentum to just look forward, I'm all for it. If we continue to see improvement, and that's working. But it, at some point, you know, when I, you come out, if we have another 22 shots against, against a Colorado, but, and, and we have an, if this happens again, like what's the number of times? Is it this, but there, there two, are ways, three, three more matches where we no, do this? No, they can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I wrote about today. Like you, he played that card on Saturday. We played, this is the best game we played. We created a lot of chances. Then the players kind of followed up the same narrative. Because next step up from that is, well, if you're improving – now and this is losing. the best game now you've ever played. Then you better be winning. Now these. you need to win. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's they they can't con- that narrative of of progress. Good, you used it. You know, next game it has to be about winning and yeah. and 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 performing at the level that is expected of this club. Okay, that that's that's what everyone signed up for is winning, <laughs> playing attractive soccer. And and dominating this league now, of course, it's not easy. This is look at the East, look at the West. Like the, the, we talk about parity, and it's it's never easy in any. We've sport. hashed all these so, things, right? Yeah. I mean, at this point, we've talked about CCL. We've explained. We understand they didn't have a lot of training together. We know PT wasn't fully fit. Right. We know, know the they had injuries. Short. We know, we know. But at the same time, like this is getting well enough into the season where. Not being healthy is no longer an excuse. Like no, and, and, you know, these that just shows of, on bad recruitment. These, then, these if, ty- if, like, if one injury to a right back, it's almost like we had X right. number of excuse cards, and Saturday was the last one that was used up. Like that that's was it. That, that's, that's it. That's pretty <laughs> much it. And and but I I agree with you though, Jay. I think part of what Frank DeBoer was doing was keeping the team motivated. And and for what I saw today in training and listening to his his staff, Orlando Trustful, for instance. They are on these guys, and, and but in a positive way, it's it's almost 
obscene creating it, competition yeah and, and making sure like the encouragement is positive and then the players understand that and, and they're also saying hey we're making progress but it goes back to what, what you just said that excuse they used it fine fine you can argue that they played well against Dallas but and that's why it didn't bother me as much when he was saying it because I was like <laughs> I, I get it right I get it he's got to hold the locker room together yeah, like yeah. we but you I think know there's a way to handle it there, there's a way to handle it, and, and it was almost shown perfectly today. I'm not sure if you mm-hmm. saw it, but Unai Emery on Arsenal.com came out and defended Skodra Mustafi. Mustafi being mm-hmm. at fault, you know, for the Zaha goal, which, which basically gave away the game uh, against Crystal Palace this week. And he said, look, Skodra did not have a good game. The week before, he was the best player on the, on the pitch. You know, this is football. He had, he had seven great defensive plays. He had two terrible defensive plays. One of those cost us a goal. It was highlighted on every single television station. You know, we have to treat these people like people. I understand that. Yeah. There's a way to handle it. But he also came out and said his performance wasn't good enough at key areas. I have to work with him. I have to work with him. I have to coach him better. That's on me, you know. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and it's accountability. Yeah, and, and from the top. Yeah. Listen, I mean, the thing is... It's not calling people spoiled. We could be crushing teams 5-1. to one. Front de Boer is still going to be that same monotone style of delivery. Yeah. And it's something that we're all getting used to. And I think it just comes out and it's magnified when we're losing. And it's frustrating because you're like, just get to the point, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. But, but at the end of the day... Press conferences isn't what losing are <laughs> losing the game. So I, you know yeah, what I mean. Like, yeah. but it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Colorado. And when we talk about that, we can we can dig into some of the things that, you know, if this is out of excuses, you know, is this panic level that sort of There's stuff. There's other but, things too. It just like body language. Stand up well, during a match. Well, I don't care about that because I watched enough soccer to see like you know, like, tactically I don't ca- direct your players if ju- if not just once. Yeah, I, just for the fans. I know to that shut some people I, like that. They like to see that that that. It, uh, not his personality orchestration that he's he's like that in training from what i saw today he was completely in control loud yelling and not in a negative way just like getting everyone's attention getting everyone together this is what we're doing this is the drill i think he expects his players to go out there and execute what they planned yeah and And like him going and he feels some coaches are like me doing all this he isn't doing anything that's just making me feel better exactly (laughs) he's not an antonio conte that's gonna it's also out cultural. There losing his mind. Yeah, I just don't. Could be I don't well. personally know many Dutch people that, that are flamboyant. <laughs> did you watch Louis Van Gaal? Louis yeah. Van Gaal was like feigning heart well, attacks. I mean, and I mean, dives. yeah, he 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 was an excellent. You remember di- Marco Van Basten? Excellent diver. <laughs> but I, personally, I'm saying in in real life, like people I know who are Dutch, like. That's just they're much they're clo- much closer to a Franck than a yeah. Tata Martino. You know, but Tata's not even that flamboyant in my consideration. But let's, but let's unless go back you're Chris Armas. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to something. Okay, personnel. Right. And so, because it's easy, like you said, to, to kind of pile on the manager. Um, I think if we look at the team, and it's a very good team. It's a very good MLS team. Um, a very good offensive MLS. A very team. good offensive MLS team. But there are holes, and I think we now those holes are being exposed by. Yeah. By the, the opposing teams. The, the fullback position at this club is completely Whack. unresolved. We bought three left backs. It's unsettled. And then when, and that's, when, you, get, when you face an injury like a Franco Escobar, a, a Mike Ambrose, you're, you're done. And so now we have, now what you're seeing is Michael Parker's a very good defender, very polished defender, an experienced defender. A career center back. But a career center back. Yes, he played in the UEFA Championship Champions League right back. Years ago, but again, it was only like, six years ago. But listen, it's not like riding a bike. I'm regardless, sorry. <laughs> like he he what he is 
is a very good center back, a serviceable right back. Listen, and when he gets forward, time, he's da- he was creating chances. Yes, and he but, he would tell you this. Like I'm not. I think he would probably say, yeah. Like my strength is to play in the middle. He's the great drop back CB, so that you can have an LGP go forward. Exactly. His his what what everyone saw last season and what everyone raved about and what everyone said. Wow, imagine if he would have been in the U.S. national team game against Trinidad. It was his ability to anticipate plays and clean up, essentially sweep behind a player. He's one of the smartest. Yeah. Like just and what he lacks in actual pace or athletic he's ability. A cerebral he's defender. a cerebral assassin. Yeah. He it just like the Ebbabuise so steal this, in, in the MLS Cup. Yeah. He he knew he watched film, he knew he was gonna cut to his left and he and he made the tackle to that side. So doesn't this fall on you know, is you know, we people poo pooed it when I was like when we lost um McDonough. Went back to, uh, he was hired by Miami, yep. right? And they said, well, he's really a builder guy. He's a builder. He, he showed Darren Eels and, you know, Carlos Wagenegger, they learned from him and they mm-hmm. have staff. They hired that guy from the Falcons to help deal with contracts and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, I understand you can't foresee all the injuries and things like that. But when you, like you said, you have, uh, you're Brexit. selling McCann. Yeah. Like, and here, nobody's you talking about this. You haven't gotten to yet. McCann is let go to go to D.C. United, was a tremendous utility guy for us, yeah. and did really, I thought, overall pretty well. I mean, people were like, at the time, I even said, well, he's too expensive. But then we went and turned around, and it's not like we bought uh, a guy for 150000 or went double down and went someone like even more. We okay, we want, somebody, we want somebody that's yeah. TAM level that's really good, like even higher level McCann money. No, we turned around and got Breck Shea, which is fine. But at the same time, I, it's like some of these decisions. I'm starting to look back right. and say, what, what's, what was going on here? Where's Jose Hernandez? Because the feeling was from Train the, twi- the from Twitter, it, it, it was not like like we wanted out. Like you know, his his wife was not like we, we, they're like yeah. it's had to go. Kind so, of thing. so two things. One, good thing you brought up Jose Hernandez. First, Breck Shea. Very similar to Michael Parker's. He's not a defender. He's not. He's not. No, a, we, he's we a, thought he was going to be an off the bench left mid or back. come in and create yeah. chances, even running as a second forward, right. like he did against Columbus. Yes. And so, if you look at the post game comments from Luchi Gonzalez, one of the first things that he said is that they they exposed that left. He's not side. a one on one defender. They knew. He's they, too he tall literally said, just... "We knew that if Breck Shea got caught up the field." We were going to have that left flank open, and that's what. And again, this isn't like it's Breck Shea's fault. He was, he was no. This is just how tactics work. The the, the Lucci Gonzalez knew that, and the team knew. I think that's what I noticed from the press box. What's great about FC Dallas quickly is that everything was so like trained from the moment smooth and calculated. Brad Gusan had the ball. It was like everyone knew where to go, and it was very like robotic, but in a very fluid way and so they just look drilled they just look extremely drilled and well coached and so in that first goal it was like they they it was as if they remembered something from film and they worked the ball around they caught Brick Shea upfield Barrios makes a quick turn on LGP and it's and then from there it's just quality you know the, the, yeah and, and that's what happened so going back this the evolution of Atlanta United to your point about well yeah they have great attackers yes the evolution of this club is DP level defenders and 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 fitting finding we don't know what Frank DeBoer's and guess who one of those DP level defenders was Miguel Amaron or Ico Parra. <laughs> I'm just but I'm you see yeah. what I'm saying like but, but the, there's there's this intangible where everybody was focused and I'm not saying we should focus because I think we've done enough on well obviously it's low hanging fruit to say well Miguel Amaron is probably the biggest piece that's really shift and yeah. where the roles fit and is there o- too much overlap of, of talent like Greg sir? Garza. Yeah, Greg Garza. Here's the very like you know you're like but we, we can we're, we're, no but, but we're sh- we're shuttling a, left backs to let, get rid of them. Here's a quick like I don't know tactical thing like and, and 
Greg Garza was very important because when when teams want to play and build out of the back, the fullbacks are so important because mm-hmm. it's a quick outlet and immediately you're up the field. And the opposing team has to adjust. They they move, they shift, and and it, things open up. When 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 uh, Mexico played Chile, and uh, I think it was Tata's first first game, the first thing I was noticing is that they were just like it was as if they were drilled. We're playing out of the back, but our fullbacks are going to get that ball and they're going to go. And it was classic Tata, which what he did with Franco, what he did with Garza, and it changes. The, the whole feel of a game, it ch- the opposing team has to respect it. Right now, Atlanta United just doesn't have that. They and don't playing have- out of the back makes me incredibly nervous because our keeper doesn't have the best yeah. feet. Well, what do we do Miles against New England? We play feet. We, against no, New yeah, England. Miles isn't like that ball playing center back. He some you know today in practice, the thing that I noticed that I'm like ah, impressive. He, he's an impressive specimen. He's an excellent defender. He's probably going to be an all star this season. Well deserved. He's not this classic ball playing center back. That's Polished fluid on the ball that you're, that when he with the balls at his feet you're like look at that guy he's a free safety in cleats yeah and yeah. so his his first touch though is pretty good it's it's today I was impressed by the way he was laying balls off he was checking like like again when he when it was his time to shoot the, the reporters were like well there's a defender taking shots it was going over the goal but but he he's going to his his upside is tremendous but I I think that's the, going back to it's easy to pile on Frank DeBoer and I've told Jason Longshore this like I don't think we know the profile of some of the players in key positions for Frank DeBoer like what does a fullback look like under his in his system what does a center back truly well, when you look have, like when you have system? six different starting 11s in six MLS matches and, and and I think it's something like eight different starting 11s in 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 10 matches overall like what is Frank DeBoer what is I, I said he, this in my fan camp. What is Atlanta United yeah. right now? Yeah, the, the identity still is. I don't I expect think, an identity till June-ish. But that's the <laughs> but, thing. It's like, but but, but the, I do expect. I do expect at this point to have discerned some core pieces, or to understand that you're going to get hit on that wing, and Brexit yeah. is going to be. You know, like if you put yourself in opposing coach's shoes, you know you're going to go after Breck Shea in that position. Then why are we playing a back three or something? You why know, are what, we still so, what, so what? disconnected from the back four to the front three? Why? And, I, and it like always goes back to, and it always falls back. Well, Franco Escobar is injured, and Mikey Ambrose is injured. But we had Greg Garza. We had McCann. They let him go. They made decisions <laughs> so, in the front So when this that. rolls back, this, to me, it rolls back to going, are we, was that losing Paul McDonough? Are we going to look back and say, hmm, that was, that was kind of a hit? You know, would he have helped in some of these decisions, or is this? We don't know. I mean, I don't know, right? I, I, I can't I say. Don't have I don't have answer. a crystal ball. <laughs> I, I think, I, you know, I think <laughs> but, Paul McDonough is, was obviously part of, you know, building this the and building. And, and, I understand. And he's going to be very important to, to Miami as we well. We never but. saw one for one replacement though. Anywhere, no, no, anywhere. No, we it, we got a we got a ton of gam and tam for Garza that I don't know what we did with it unless it went to Breck Shea. You know, I mean, like, what did we do with that 450 grand? That's the frustrating thing, too, about MLS. We don't have any transparency until, like, no. the end of the year they announce the supposed salaries. Good Lord, please get, yeah. rid of, please get rid of this system and let us spend because that, that opens yeah. up a whole other can of worms because so, you're never going to beat Ligue MX. Yeah, teams. it changes everything. If, the, if a team that wants to spend can spend, then, okay, you, you change the face of this league. Yeah, and, and I just can get rid of legacy owners. And honestly, I just yeah. don't think that Franco Escobar and Bello coming back is going to fix everything you know like i'm not expecting if you know i just don't i don't you know bello well there's a reason why he was 
not playing after that but first. But he was put in a, but he's also put in a position to just com- a, poor, a terrible position away from home in a be- giant stadium. Yeah, I think <laughs> like why was he put in that position in the first place on I'm a like, ping pong table? Because then we're all wondering, we're all wanting to kill his confidence. Yeah. You know? well, listen, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think just Bello and Franco coming back magically fixes everything. And I think for a number of reasons, one is just fitness. Like you can't expect a player that hasn't been playing for ninety minutes. In, in in these competitive matches, which look you know, at PT, it may take seven years for him to get back <laughs> in the pitch fit to just come in and fix <laughs> everything. Yeah, and, and so you know, Franco today was at training. He looked like he's going to be a full go probably for this Saturday. Uh, you know, PT Martinez. I, I, was I don't he know. not fit? Was he not fit last week? Was Pablo Escobar not fit last weekend? Franco, because Pablo, oh, no, 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 no. Pablo Escobar <laughs> <laughs> was Franco Escobar. There you uh, go. No, was no. Franco Escobar not fit last week? Because, because playing Parkhurst, and that's where the Pablo came yeah. from, playing Parkhurst <laughs> at right back yeah. is just asinine to me if you have a fit Franco I don't Escobar. think he was fit. From what I, When I was in the locker room after the game, uh, you know, Franco, I'm pretty sure he dressed. Um, when I saw him in the locker room, he had like uh, his left quad taped. Um, so I don't think they risked him. Today in practice, he looked like a full go. He Listen, like I'd a, rather was... you bring him back slowly because he is that important of a piece. That's fine. I, I trust their process. Now, I'll question some decision-making around Eric Rometty and things like that when oh, it comes God. to concussion protocol. Yeah. But overall, like I trust Who's doctor our medical... approved that? <laughs> Who's doctor approved that? That's criminal. It raises some questions. But I, I overall, good. you know, I, I you know, there's nothing to tell me that they're not doing their job, and I know it's a little. The medical staff is somewhat different, right? Because Frank brought some of his own guys and stuff like that. Because Tata took his guys with him to Mexico. But when we talk about roles, and we've been speaking defensively, you know, we have Barco finally shining, but then we have this conundrum where, like, well, if PT is started to be brought back, is you know. Tito's just starting to get in a rhythm again. Is he sacrificed for PT? You know, it's, is PT because PT doesn't seem like a power bench guy like for me. Like no. you know, he's not a superstar. And, you don't spend fifteen and, million on a superstar. And that's the problem. Tito, Tito's too good at being like it's almost to his detriment. He's too, he's such a good power sub that. It's like when I tell people at work, like, I'm too good at this one thing. They keep putting me on the same projects I don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you the guy that I felt today in training, I was just like, man, he's he's running like a like a train. And that was Tito Vidalba. Like, yeah. he would have – I think he was – he wanted to run through a wall. He would have ran through anyone that was in front of him. And he obviously he's playing – he knows he's playing for a spot. But he's and always been tries hard guy. I, I, well, I agree. I but agree. this is it's, an it's edge. True. You even said it before. There's an edge to him, like coming off. He's like he gets pissed and, and off. Yeah, because he now he's fit. What happened at the end of the season? Like I caught him in the locker room after MLS Cup. He was literally happy to be back. He was after you know, wearing after an injury. Wearing the goggles. Yeah. He was wearing the champagne goggles, yeah. and he told me, you know, it was the toughest year he's ever had. He yeah. had never had injuries like that. And what what Tata did. Okay, and this is where the, the, the mind games from, from a, a skilled manager like Tata. You know, he told me Tata was like my psychologist. And what he would tell me is like, I just need 15 from you. The best and the hardest 15 to 20 that you can give me. Straight up, you're not playing 90, you know, towards the end of the season. But he knew that those 15 and 20 could change a game. And, because and the defenders at that point are so gassed that right. you bring on a, a, a human rocket full of jet fuel, you know, and, and for 25 minutes he can run at them. And so he did that. But now it's like he accepted that role. He's not accepting that role right now. 
No, he's not people, accepting it. Just like anybody in a job, right? Like right. you hit your merit review, you killed it. You hit all your check marks, and now you're like, I want the pay raise. I want the prestige. Like I want the bigger projects. You know what I mean? Right. Like give it to me, right? We need we need you to show us another <laughs> six more months of commitment. Yeah, and, uh, Tito wants to give that PowerPoint, man. Listen, <laughs> and, and, and PT Martinez. Dwight Schrute interview. <laughs> Today, PT, you know, looked look good. You know, he trained hard. Um, Nothing that like I was like, whoa, this guy is just killing it. No, well, it's, God it's, damn it, I would hope he would look good. He's the player of the year yeah. from South America. I mean, it, a fre- <laughs> but a fresh PT means that decision has to be made, right? Yeah, so has someone to has to go because Barco is our 10, right? At this point, or is that still Kluge as well? No, I don't think this team has a ten, I, and I don't. And, and and I've asked Frank. We just know, have a bunch post, of wingers. I asked Frank Nagby's post, the closest thing you've had to probably, a ten this season. Probably. Yeah, I, you know, I think I, I I asked Frank after I think it was after Philadelphia post game, and and I, what I wanted to get out of him, and again, I, I think he kind of not like he skirted the question, but it was. What I want to know is like, is is a ten even part of his system? Like, does he identify players? Fair enough. Like, hey, I need a ten. I don't think so. I don't think a ten it's is a is a Dutch like a classic Dutch position. They have so many like the eight overmars. Yeah, and, like you know. the eight. Like what De Jong is currently, he's like this all everything eight that can kind of do everything. Was. Wesley Snyder, like Van der Vaart, were like closer to tens, but but I we think, better have a healthy six all the time. Yeah, and there are plenty <laughs> of sixes on Atlanta United. Like and what yeah. what Barco did. Barco can play as a ten, but he's not a ten. He'll tell you. Probably that I'm not a number ten. Give me so, a two and a three at this point, and I'm so, well. He does best when he's unleashed, right? Yeah. And so the other day I tweeted, and I, I didn't get like flack from, but, but you know, I'm, we're talking about Carlos Villa. I'm like, you you watch him play, you watch him dominate, you watch him the way he people scores, argue like, about Villa's position for way, five years. The way he just moves and influences <laughs> the game, and I'm like, if I'm an Atlanta he's a United, rover. Yeah, if I'm an Atlanta United supporter, and I'm watching LFC, and I'm watching a player, you know, like Carlos Villa. I'm thinking. Where's PT? Like that's what I want to see from PT. Not scoring ten goals and nine goals in a but row. See, but that's what frustrates pull me. Pull defenders. About what's going space. on? Yeah. What's yeah. going on with Joseph right now is because very similarly, if you let Joseph float, he seems to be getting himself more involved. Whereas at the beginning of the season, you know, playing the system that we had, Joseph spent eighty-five minutes standing between two center backs. Right, and sometimes three. Sometimes they'll they'll create the, the triangle around Joseph. What, is that part of the PT vacuum though? Is Joseph's being asked, or is that part of just the system? Period. So even if PT comes in, Joseph's going to be deeper because right now we don't even have a I feel like a striker we saw I mean Matt Doyle there are a lot of things I disagree with him on but he was point point on in his match week show the MLS match week where they call it or match day center he pointed out I mean there was a play where you know a ball was put right across and Joseph or sorry Gressel's coming in to, to play it and Tito had no, checked out and there's no one else if there. Joseph's yeah. got guy on him there's there's all this space. The whole box was wide open, and nobody was there. Was that also the play and where so, number 24 for them feigned the head so injury? So is that part of – so. I mean, is that – the thing is, like, it's fine that if your system, once it's in place, you don't need a number 10. But it's like we're in such a fluid state, it feels like, at this point. Like, we're trying to figure stuff out. It's like that's hurting us you by always, not having that structure. You always not, need a creative midfielder. By not having exactly. that consistency and, and, and there. so th- – Again, not to plug my last piece, but it's that—that's part of it. It's like they, th- this team has lacked like creativity and, and, and just dynamic play in the middle. Like someone that can unleash Joseph Martinez, because right now the system that they're playing, yes, it's creating chances, and we can talk about XG until we're blue in the face. But it's not all those chances are, you know, crosses into the box and and someone sliding and missing, or or three defenders just waiting for the cross. Set pieces and, off the bar. Yeah, yeah. Set pieces and. Yep. Now a player like the reason why a player like Barca has become so invaluable is because he's creating creating his own chances, and that's 
you know, Joseph Martinez needs someone that can play him through, create, like, get out on a break, transition. Make runs. Make a run. It, like, get him away from the, th- the the two central defenders that are just now just man-marking him, essentially. And almost at the midfield stripe. We are getting yeah. so high-pressed because of this slow sideways out-of-the-back play. Like, it, uh, every yeah. time I see it, every time we get a goal kick and, and, and Brad Guzan goes side-to-side to decide which fullback he's going he's gonna to kick it to, they have at least five people within, you know, within two yards of the 18. Well, you know what's interesting about the New England game is we looked, we looked so comfortable because it reminded me of that, that comfortable chaos last season right. that we would create. New England created it for us. They did. And it allowed us to play direct balls like yep. we did in the playoffs and play balls over the top and mess with them. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was almost like, to me, that game wasn't necessarily improvement by... That's being you know, a bad by, team. That's that was, that's reflex. Like yeah. that's like like and, and survival. Not, yeah, and so you know? <laughs> it's not. We're not going to get that kind of game. No, a lot, a more lot. teams are going to do. At the bends. More teams are going to sit back. Like yeah. Dallas, what give I give us the possession. Take what it. I love from Dallas is that they must be so confident right now. Because they're not even a counterattacking team. Listen, they but, came in here and played like that's what exactly. they do. <laughs> they literally said, "Here's our game plan." They're probably like in, on the, the bus. Possession they're probably on the bus saying, "We're going to press hard for 15-20 and get an early goal." And then it happened in the fourth. In this, I think it was like the sixth minute yeah. or something. They basically and, created this the script that most teams, and then with they the, if they have the pieces to right. do it, are going to try to do that, right. especially if they have speed on the wings. Right. Forget about it. And then they sat back in a very, you know, disciplined way, and they still were dangerous. It wasn't even that deep. The, no. And so <laughs> that is the that is the challenge for Atlanta yeah. United, that MLS teams don't typically, they didn't last year either, like love to come out and just like play you face, like, you know, straight up because they're going to get beat on the counter. Now I think they're starting to realize can Atlanta really hurt us on the counter? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they don't have that player, obviously, like Miguel. Do you think— Can we sit back more and give them possession and f- hope that they break us down? We yeah. see on film that they cross 10 to 11 times a game. Let's the, just only, that, so. the only player like Miguel is going to be a Tito who will give you that 60-yard beat, three-people lung-busting run, but Miguel yep. would finish, and Tito hasn't, and that's a big Well, difference. Miguel went through a period where he wasn't finished he did, either. Yeah. But Against Columbus, he won you that Joseph game. But he also, Miggy also either, drew though. two or three, yeah. <laughs> yes. three guys, and, and it didn't matter because he blew also, by them. Right. Miggy got fouls. Barco yeah. does not get a single call, and he even said something to the—I to the, mean, like, that, that's another thing. Like, we are not getting anything, yeah. and I think that there is a reputation. Hello. Tied into Atlanta United at this point that that yeah. that we have South American players that dive and the refs don't give us a damn thing. I think I think uh, Barco's getting more calls. That could be true. I mean, Barco, lately, but he still doesn't get all of them. That's but, what he said yeah. post game. I think I, I tweeted that where he talked to the ref, didn't he? he? Well, he talks. He talks to Pulso ATL, which is a, a local um, Spanish speaking radio station here. I think they have the TV as well. Um, and he was asked, "We saw you speaking to the ref after the game with LGP. What what, what did you say?" And he was very adamant. He's like. We don't. We, we're not getting calls, and and he said it feels like the refs want to affect us in games. Villarreal though has always been, and then he said someone yes, that we we were unsettled. With. Right. I, I did, personally, I felt the ref. He wasn't terrible, but he he didn't con, he didn't control. He never controlled. Villarreal doesn't control yeah. emotions. And and it's like <laughs> speaking of South Americans, both teams were littered with South right. Americans. Yeah. Where that type of the dark arts, the gamesmanship, yeah. you know, that's why I said you have you have the Conmebol. Just going at each other like Ecuadorians against Argentinians, Barrios, Grueso, yeah. LGP. They were just like all in. And a referee needs to recognize that Vigil Real just like simply didn't really. So the summer transfer window. Savvy the summer transfer window is a <laughs> I feel like light years away uh, compared to what we like. You know, we in terms of changes we need. We have Franco Escobar coming back. One of the things that you know, even if you put a bellow in there. 
Frank DeBoer has said, listen, I tried to work on defense first. There were reasons it didn't work. Did you ever gain insights or get a hint to, you know, why that was suddenly said, okay, I'm going to focus on attack? Was it just, I know, understand he uses the, all the right buzzwords, like, mm-hmm. I want them to feel more freedom to play. Play and to your fl- strengths. And, 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 you know, and, and, and play like they used to and all these sorts of things, right? I don't know if part of that's just feeding into the, to the mind games again. But when we are having such defensive troubles, unless you're putting away, and maybe this was, he was hoping that this XG, the shots created by, by focusing on this, the 22 shots, he's expecting these to go in. So, therefore, if we lose a goal, it doesn't matter because we're putting in two or three. But yeah. if that's not working, I mean, at some point, you have to start looking at that defense. And say, do we go back to a back three? Like, what? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't the, know if he knows. The insight came from the conversation I had with Michael Parkers where yeah. he told me, you know, this was right before their, uh, I think it was before they they were about to start Champions League. And so what he told me is that he had had conversations with Frank DeBoer in, in the offseason. They were very constructive uh, conversations. He was very. He, he felt as captain. It was great that the the new manager reached out to him and wanted to know his opinion. And some of the things that that, that Michael Parker's told me is that, yeah, the defensively they they felt like there were some areas that they could improve. Like namely, um, players like Michael Parker's under Tata being caught in one v one situations in dangerous parts of the field. Now um, it's LGP <laughs> being caught in uh, on the counter, being caught yeah. in transition, you know, routinely, uh, being so wide open, so spread out, and so it's like we're back to that. Though. Well, I mean, <laughs> committing nine to attack doesn't ever help. It's like yeah. he tried to f- f- work on those things, and it and it it uh, it had such a counter. Like, and, and plus, he's, such a counter effect a that defender. he had to stop. He's a Frank. Well, Frank, of course, he wants to work. Is a defender. It. Like yeah. he, he comes from that. Yes, he's a he's one of the best ball playing defenders. I mean, I'm complimenting his flexibility. But, but, we wanted to see him. Adjust, but right. but my theory is that I think in doing that and wanting to, I'm, I'm sure he was like, "Hey, we know we can attack." It could have paid off. Imagine, we could have won and put yes. all those away. And he's like, "Look at me!" Totally. You imagine know? if we had focused on the attack and imagine if our defense were as were as stout as and and fear and, and fearful as as you know as as this attack that we have. And so right. I think that was what happened. Though is that everyone just. Locked up because they're they're thinking we can't get countered, we can't get caught one v one. We need thinking to too we much. need to pinch in like fullbacks pinch. It was it was to that level of detail, and now everyone's thinking on the field. They're afraid to attack. They're afraid to get forward. They're afraid to press. Uh, and I think he admitted in an interview with ninety two nine the game that maybe that wasn't the right tactic. It's paralysis by analysis, man. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think I think he's loosened that up. Um, and and I, to your point against New England, I know it was against a, a bad New England team, but there were points where. The team had no shape whatsoever, and that was fine. Right, that was right. fine because they're transitioning. They're a little bit of chaos like unlocks. It became one v one. They want to put their guys yeah. in midfield up against our guys. We're going to win that and battle. But I said that after yeah. that match, winning that game was papering over the cracks because there were still it's, a ton of cracks. There were that we were we were not shaped. They were just bad. I they, think <laughs> I think most people realize that there were caveats to it. I think we were just happy to see improvement. I'll say the same thing if we beat Colorado, but. Yes. Now we're playing another it's last place versus last place, right? Right. So you said that in your article. I did. It's, I read that. All of a sudden, it's the two last place <laughs> now teams I'm in MLS. Your yeah. And and and, and the, the thing is, it's like last against Dallas. It's like, hey, Jesse Gonzalez has one of the best games of his career. He's he's a national team goalkeeper. That's great. And apparently, DeBoer may have wanted to like save that seven ex- times. Yeah. DeBoer may have wanted to save that wild card excuse card for when we if we lose against a last place. <laughs> Just speak, <laughs> speaking well, on Jesse Gonzalez. It, it, is, like. it is Tim Howard. I mean, again, it's not Tim Howard 2014. But it's still Tim Howard. He could have. But what game. else is it? 
That's about it. What else? Is it? That's, that's the one. Th- that's the one thing. Like I can say with Dallas, like they've got players. They have players. But they also Colorado has Tim Howard. Have, yeah, that's about <laughs> it. But if they bunker, which they are going to do, they will. But they've still and they're they don't have the tools to come out and press us for 15 minutes. I don't think no, in the beginning, and, and, but um, unless they want to really open themselves up. But it's gonna be. Could this be a game where PT could? Is this a great opportunity for him? I would start to unlock I to would, unlock yeah. these. Guys, right? I would, I would start have him, him chase him around, open up space for yeah, Joseph. I understand that, like, I understand the notion of, hey, we want PT to be fit in, you know, end of July, going into August. I get it, but right now, have him tire again, out the defense. You need to win games. You need to win your. Yeah. your if last you're 21 place. points off the lead yeah. in, in <laughs> June, you're, you're what's lucky. It matter? You're, yeah. they're, they're they're fortunate that the East has been pretty a jumbled poor. mess. Right, so. right. Uh, the, yeah, I think uh, um, with NYC beating DC, ML- yeah. <laughs> MLS did a live video disparity. yesterday, and they say, said uh, they did a live video yesterday. They said, "Is uh, is every team in the East terrible?" And I said, "I, I reply, I said, I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for our sake, yeah. <laughs> right now, I hope so for for at least the time being." You know, a few months ago, PT was very open. He's like, "I'm not fit." I think if you asked him now, and from what I see in training, I see a guy that like wants it. I think he wants to play. We we don't know if it's a, well. It's he's a with his fellow Argentines watching him, right? Yeah, I mean, and they're, we don't they're, know if it's they're a going at it hard. It could you know? be, hey, coaches, front office is like, we need pizza, we need pizza to be to be healthy. He's probably now like, I need to play, I want to play. Yeah, so it's, it's going to get to a point where, balance, yeah. yeah, okay. He, so he, so he to play. so in that whole PT thing, you know, there was there was the, the bit of news that came out today that he's you know that Gallardo at at, at River Plate is is still very adamant. Or, or I'm not sure if it was Gallardo from River Plate, but it was basically River Plate's interested yes. in bringing him back. It was Marcelo, yeah. Marcelo Gallardo wanting PT back, see, <laughs> knowing that it would be expensive, but doing anything which, possible. Which is also hilarious because they're now reportedly $50 million in debt. Yeah. yeah like most teams in Argentina. I but, understand. But, 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 but Juan Fer Quintero going down with a torn ACL yeah. and MCL. I mean, like, there, there's an obvious need for a playmaker. His wife and his daughter are still there. You know, I mean, is there smoke to that fire, or is this just clickbait? Is it a mix of some half truths old news about his being homesick, you know, and kind of someone using this to, to throw out some, some more meat, or what, you know, do we know? I, I don't think we know, but I, I think, you know, even PT at later when he was with an Argentine national team, he was pretty open. He, he basically said it's been very difficult for him to adjust, and not adjust to MLS, but to leave that what the world that is River Plate, you know, the the care, the the camaraderie, the teammates, the club. Um, it's your boyhood club. It's yeah. the country you grew up in, and, and, knowing where your grocery store is, knowing he, where you can get your stuff. I mean, it's like yeah. it's everything to him. He 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 started at River the way he's starting now. He was essentially jeered. He didn't have a great start, and then he became a legend. So. I think that's part of it, and he has yeah. a very close relationship with Marcelo Gallardo. He he attributes his success to Marcelo, but also it tells so, me that he has a lot of. He's a quiet guy, but he has a lot of. No, no, it also shows like to me. You know, this could also be agent talk. I don't know, but for a guy that has already experienced what it's like to be, you know, have a difficult time transitioning, you know, getting into a team, having the fans. You know, get on your back, yeah. and then overcoming that—that that builds a level of strength, some fortitude, right? I mean, this is a guy also that has ambitions for Europe. To me, to go back home with your tail tucked between your legs is, Again, you know, a step back. But you back. say but, agent speak. What's the benefit? But you're still, to this? but you're still going back to River Plate. River Plate. Which, you're still going back to River Plate, which, you know, is every year there are probably a handful of European scouts at every one of their games yeah. just watching this team right. because. They're young players. They're attack-minded. 
They they only know how to play one way, which is it's attack, a world attack, brand. Attack. You're it's in club a global world cup. brand. They have the hottest coach in South America that can choose whatever he wants to do after after he leaves River Plate. So I, I, it could be smoke. Uh, it could be just to a coach that needs a playmaker, a playmaker that misses his his family. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think Atlanta United is going to be like, yeah, let's let him go. You know, I think they they're they've committed to him similar to what they did with Barco when everyone was thought Barco should be loaned out. Yeah, talk about family look at, issues. Look at Barco now. <laughs> yeah. Talk yeah. about issues. Yeah. yeah. Like, but look is at, it good to keep him malcontent? Yeah, I mean, listen. And I'm not I'm not advocating. I'm just saying, yeah. is it has the can you ever point to me a situation where a player is unhappy and it's worked out well? Paul Pogba at Juventus, Paul Pogba now at, at Manchester <laughs> Any United. Situation but with Mario sometimes Bellatelli. if you buy time Things do. Ch- time does change things sometimes, and yeah. so sometimes. What's going to change about his wife and daughter being in Buenos no, Aires? No. I think. I think it's got to be internal to him. I think. I'll that tell he, you if what he changes. Puts away some goals. I'll tell you what changes exactly. It's, <laughs> he's it's, a. He's, it's, that's it's, his it's performances. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I saw from from PT and some other players in the locker room after the game. You know when you're like upset and you get dressed really fast, like you put your socks on, yeah. like you're pissed at your socks. <laughs> That's what PT was ripping doing. shoelaces. That's what PT was doing. He was tying his shoes. Well, that really means fast. he's vested to me. Yeah, like Miles Robinson was another guy that I just saw like getting dressed like he like wanted to kill his jeans. At least he cares, okay? right? That's a sign. And so like Something. these players, are, they're not like yeah, we're making progress. And no, they were upset. The yeah. mood in the locker room was not one of like we're making progress. Um, Which is why it's so frustrating to hear that yes, that's our best yeah. performance. And if we play like that 30 times, <laughs> right. we're going to win and PT, 28 of them. Well, that was our loss. Yeah. <laughs> I like Felipe saying the, that wild card. You used your wild card. That's it. You're you done. used it. You're done. You, you, ace, it again. you took your ace. And, and Pete Martinez, is, is, he looks like you know he's a quiet guy, but he's extremely like emotional in a way of like you know today at practice uh que loco que está que loco que está like he he missed a shot and he was like on his knees like slamming the ground like that's yeah. just like and then immediately he was right back up but he's the guy that just is like he's an intense dude i really think he is and he needs perf- positive performances to get him out of that like the the rumor mill the, i just the hope the he's ready to play leading. left back that's all i guess <laughs> <laughs> so, now starting at left back so um you wanted a DP defender. I mean, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah. Uh Let's let's get into injury. We talked about Bello. Are there any other injury? You were at the training ground. Any? What's the injury status? Tell of, me about uh, Hernandez. Players? I yeah, brought that up. Can you? Yeah. yeah. What's I mean, going I on? I saw Jose Hernandez today uh, walking casually to the two with the twos. You know. So uh, his legs are working. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I go back to a, a conversation that I had with Tata Martino at a scrum at practice last summer. You know, I did a piece on Jose Hernandez. One of my first pieces for the Athletic about you know where his, his where he came from, his his club life in Ar- in, in Venezuela. Um, his upgrading in, in Venezuela, the fact that he was a part of a U-20 World Cup squad that reached the final. Yep. Uh, he, he's part of the golden generation. Has capped with Joseph Ansel. Yeah, like know? he, J- Jose Hernandez is part of Venezuela's golden generation, and he can't get a sniff of the first team in Atlanta United. And I remember when I asked Tata for that story, hey, tell me, what do you see from Jose Hernandez? Like, I told someone the other day this story. Tata looked at me square in the eyes and it felt like he was like my dad about to get mad at me and scold he lo- scold me he looks at me and he's like in spanish he says mas intensidad more intensity and everything that jose hernandez does he knows i've told him we've told him more intensity he has all the ball skills he's technical he looks great on the ball more intensity to play in this league 
you need to play with intensity. Maybe he doesn't have it. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't shown it. And and in the training ground, that's where you show those things. That's where you like. Yeah. You know, S- Scott Donnelly told me. You know, for the twos, he's he's a polished left back that gives you that left foot that is growing. That this is last season. That's just that, like Romario Williams that in was USL growing, is amazing. Yeah, like he was growing into his own. Like he came he, again. He had to adjust. For, Jose had to adjust from coming from Venezuela. Not knowing English, yeah, like, yeah. thanks to Joseph, he kind of feels like he was part of this team, and like you see him if you follow the guys on Instagram. Labanda, he's he's, he's always there. there. He's always there, but I don't th- he I don't think he's an option. Yeah. I just don't think he's an option for Frank DeBoer. Well, and I mean, obviously with Mikey being out with the injury, we're not now, seeing him with the twos. Know. We're seeing now young guys coming from the academy plan in left back position. Right. So I mean, it, and it's will we see a Gordon the competition Wild? is fierce in twos right now. Yeah. By the way, no, you no, have no, academy no. guys chipping like at the boots of yeah. these guys. Today, like, the guys yeah. that were there with the first team that that have played with the twos, Gordon Wild, who I I'd like. I, he, he, he I'd looks, love to see him again. Good. See him. We have a wealth of some yeah. common. Pieces, yeah. you know, I places. think from what I saw today in that like really intense like three v two scrimmage, Gordon Wild physically he's got, he got has, has to get tougher, has to get a little bit tougher. But on the ball, looks really good. Anderson Asedu was there as well. Um, again, looks good on the ball. Uh, can get outmanned, out out outplayed physically, and like just like the Argentines are just they were slide yeah. tackling everyone. Yeah, like yeah. it was hardcore. Um, he held his own, but again, he was part of. That I see it. He was great at uh, for me, like coming in and, and tackling the ball off of people. <laughs> but like when he does get bodied yeah. off the, he can get bodied off the ball, and also his passing needs to improve a little bit when yeah, I've seen he, matches. But he's getting, he he's, has been improving. I think. Yeah, Kunga was there as well, and I, now there's a I guy we don't what talk I saw. much about lately. Yeah, he, or yeah. Brandon Vasquez. I mean, well, I, Vasquez, I don't think Brandon, I don't think we'll see him much. Brandon anymore. wasn't on either pitch yeah, today. Either I don't the twos, think we're gonna like, see him again. And and what I saw from Kunga is uh, another left foot um, in, in tight spaces in a very intense type of drill. A guy that could get out of get out of you know get out of tough situations on the dribble. Um, his head was always up. And he looked okay. Like again, it's one thing to see that at practice. It's another thing to be in an MLS match uh, with the pressure, with the cameras on, with the lights on, with the fans on. Like, but those were the guys that were, that are fringe, that are from the twos that were there. Florentine Pogba was with the twos. Uh, Dion Pereira, who came on, um, he was with the twos. Andrew Carlton was with was the twos. Just about to say that there was a glaring omission in everything, yeah. and and it was Frosted Orange himself. What's it is. I thought they have a big matchup, though. They have, I understand the, that they're playing the Rowdies, yeah. and, and but my whole thing with that was I felt like when Dion Pereira came on in this last match, what does that say to Andrew Carlton? Yeah, was anybody prepared for that? that like, no, uh, he I, wasn't prepared today. I asked Dion. I'm I like, like what? And what sub I'm is like, that? You're chasing a game. You're down at home, and you're and you're giving a kid his MLS debut. We weren't up two nil. We no. were down two nil. Well, here's two things. I think, and this is what I tweeted. I, th- you know, I've, at the time, it's it's at this point, it's not in a negative way, but it is a desperate attempt to to create anything on the attacking side. Who creates all the time in these situations? Andrew, Andrew Carlton. <laughs> and Does off, he? off the bench, I think the off the bench in these, I think moments that he he often will create a couple of those chances. Okay, but. so. Here, here's yeah. while I'll argue for a player like Dan, which I didn't, I don't know much about, but he's a left-footed player that they put him on the right side for Julian Gressel, who just had nothing left in him, right? Like right. he was, he was, he was gas, he was done. So today I asked Dion, what, what were you told to do when you came on for for Julian Gressel? And he said Frank DeBoer told me to attack, to go one-on-one, to get in the attacking side, to take chances, create chances. Pretty basic, right? Like nothing really tactical. 
Um, I asked him, did you know throughout the week that you could potentially play? He said, no, like, but I, was, I had a good week of practice and I was with the first team. And he, he's, again, he has come on in, in the 82nd minute in a Premier League match as, as a right. teenager. Um, he's the type of left-footed player that wants to play on the right and cut in. He talked about that today. Aaron Robin style. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, he, he, I thought he showed something. So today I asked him, looking back, hindsight, what would you, liked, what would you have liked to have done differently in, in the minutes that you got? And he knew exactly. Everyone's going to run with this play. Remember that play he took? one-on-one and he went to the end line mm-hmm. and he ran out of, ran out of space yeah. he said i wish i should have i should have cut back inside i should have cut that guy inside because that's what he does he's a lefty that argent makes- robin style like i think that's the type of player that he is take that barco curler and yeah scream and, it he, in. and he has kind of a, a wicked left peg so what is frank DeBoer doing well i think he he is giving other guys a chance i think maybe he looked down the bench and there's no one else, you know. I need a guy on that side that can break maybe that can break down the right fullback for Dallas, and it was Dion. So it may not have been a like, oh, uh, Andrew's not good enough today. It's more tactically, this fits the right. puzzle. But better. the thing that's terrifying about that is he didn't give him any fucking tactics. He just said go. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's that that's terrifying to me <laughs> because that's literally a coach out of ideas. Well, just I, saying, uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do you do you understand how as as the guy who rants on fan cam? No, like, I know that I know. that I know. that totally makes my. But point. also, sometimes <laughs> a, a young guy like that, you could. Put it's not the guy; it's the coach. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not slanting. No, 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 That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, you know, I, I've we've seen it enough where a young guy, he gets coaching, he gets overcoached to come in, and that's all he's thinking about right. when he comes on, versus just going out there relaxing. And at that point, you know, so at, at, that, to, may, to that means credit, more man management right, than at that, tactics. At that point, Atlanta I don't know United, what he could have told him to do. That no, would have, and know. at that point of the game, Atlanta United had had set up shop in Dallas's half. Like yeah. they weren't going to get countered again. You know, like I don't think until like, they did. Until they did. <laughs> I don't think it was like, hey, Dion, please like play in the half spaces yeah. and make sure you're you're pressing. Like I think they he knows today from what I when I asked him like, what is the difference? Like, listen, Dion Pereira has played for Watford, a team that is. You know, perennially fighting for to stay up or just you know, to at least, at least yeah. So I asked him like, "Hey, you've been in this situation where you're playing for a club where like the the maybe the Things vibe going well, yeah, the yeah. vibe isn't isn't exactly how it is. Like now you're here playing for an MLS defending champion, but things aren't going well. Like what do you, like what do you bring? Like what type of experience can you bring to this club? And and he was very honest. Like he's like, yeah, it's like you need to be focused in training, but at the same time, like he understands that. Defenses in MLS and defenses yeah. in, in in England. It's not like in England everyone is so great. In fact, he said in England everyone sits back, like that's they're that's, just all huge. They're just yeah, big guys. You're um, looking at Virgil Van Dyke and and but know, he David also Luiz recognized week week like out. people don't press. He was like the, the press is new in England. It's new in the Premier League, and here he's like everyone's pressing. So I think he's gotten a taste of that in practice. And I'm I'm, I'm assuming uh, and I'm, at that point of a game, the manager doesn't have to say. Remember your re- your responsibilities in the press. Just try to play. So uh, I think that, that covers a lot of Atlanta United. Um, you know, my head is spinning. Today. <laughs> that was a lot of Atlanta. United. I had a whole bunch of other league news I was going to get to. I don't even think we need to at this point. Um, that was some tremendous stuff that we got into right there. Although I will just say this: I will never unsee. Rusnik's finger from that F- uh, <laughs> from the game. And I have a question. FC Cincinnati. <laughs> God, that was disgusting. But I have a question. We talked Great about player, it earlier. We mentioned it earlier. Um, Carlos Vela's on a tear. 
Is, yeah. is Joseph's goal uh, well, goal I mark mean, in, right in, now in jeopardy? The percent, I mean, if he kept up the pace. I'm not saying he would destroy the pace, but he would destroy it. The guy's a hat trick waiting to happen. Yeah, He's playing at a high level. I wonder what that conversation what was talked about when Tata and Carlos Villa had had coffee in LA, and this was before the because he didn't get played the international break. He didn't he didn't give Carlos the call. Yeah. Carlos later for, for those listening may not know, it's just for, we're talking about from Mexico, right? From right. Mexican national team, and, and like what Carlos Villa later, I think he told uh, Sebastian Salazar is that it was very political. Though it was like, oh, you know, sometimes you need to understand like it's time to give the young guys a chance, and like maybe that's the cycle I'm in. But you look at his form. Is he talking about Lozano or I mean who's he who's he referencing in there? Like who do you sit for Carlos Look Vela? At his form. Like he Is this Tata playing his games going I, I think to get to him I need to I think uh, ruffle him up a little bit. I think it's Tata playing his game knowing you're he can he's he can depend on Carlos Vela when he wants. He can wait till he's at that moment, the the, the type of form he's in now, and then call him for Gold Cup if he wants, but Pissed off Vela is much better, Vela. Oh, as, yeah. an Ar- as an Arsenal <laughs> fan who watched him wreck shop at Sociedad and then yeah. come back to us and not want to be there, you know, pissed off Vela is 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 dangerous. Vela. He's a special player, and and I think he's the type of he's the type of player that this league needs more of. I mean, I'm 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 a righty, and I and I always I'll go to my grave saying that lefties are just they're different types of players. They're different types of players. They look, they just look better on the ball. They use the other side of the brain. They man. can do things that other players can't. And and a player like Vela, it's like you look, go to Wikipedia. Carlos Vela says he's a striker, but he's not this traditional. He's a left striker. Winger. Yeah, he can play on the wing. Well, it's put, like Aubameyang. He can do whatever, and he can beat anybody. He can drop inside, play in the middle, and just like beat a couple guys and thread, you know, dice, slice and dice. So. That's like Joseph's not a striker. No, I, mean, I, I don't. Joseph is isn't a traditional nine as either. That's why he needs someone that can facilitate, someone that can open things up, someone that can run at someone where the defenders maybe for a, for a split second forget about Joseph, and then he can finish. Listen, I mean, Vela reminds I think a lot of us of what we enjoyed about Atlanta United last season and yeah. LAFC in general. And I I'm, I tweeted out. Uh, Are they the favorites? <laughs> yeah, supporter shield, be. supporter shield for sure at least. Yeah. Um, I think uh, playoffs, who knows, but because uh, we know that they have defensive weaknesses, and they, I don't know if they're a playoff team and it's yet. And it's a who? one. It's a LAFC. I don't know if they're still – I think it's too early to say f- for that. We're but 20% I know they, into the season. But they, no, if they I, keep I at this, they're going to they're gonna blow away in terms of supporters. Yeah, and I think what, what, what it said – what does it say about MLS where I think we understand and where this league is currently. Like, yes, the sport is growing. The quality in the league – isn't great right is now. the east as bad as as it looks right now or like is it flipped the script I mean, that much because the, last year it was some of it let's is, look at the west burn you know yeah exactly like but some of it is you know like yeah. five seed made it to mls cup final yeah. <laughs> and, and we don't know like playoffs happen and now the single elimination like anything can happen but lafc and seattle like, fans would say wait till august what what does it say <laughs> what's happening what does it say about mls <laughs> let's say lafc wins mls cup this year right what what does it say about MLS, where the team parody, bro, two two-year-old teams <laughs> win the league. Owners that give a shit actually win. Exactly, and the teams that you mentioned before, Nashville, Austin, Miami, they're like, see, this is what we have to and do. That's why they're willing to play two hundred million because these owners were like, we will. But you better once you put your two hundred million down, you better continue to put money down. That's right. also why you're hearing <laughs> names like Julian Lopetegui and 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 yeah. you know Asier Garamendi, uh, you know like the, these names from La Liga coming over. You and, saw what Jorge Mas said. Like I tweeted the thread. It's like he was extre- He was very adamant. He's like, I've, I'm down to you, two coaches. If you, if you, everyone <laughs> will know who they are. Yeah. yeah. If you win, Mourinho and Lopetegui. 
If you win, they will come. Two guys that have, he, this is his quote, that have been ultra successful at the international level. And he said, and they have. And they have. Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> Please, Ber- no. R- Roberto Mancini's no. So, so. Um, Please, no. I made a, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm pretty self-deprecating. It's how I deal with failure. So you, you're uh, a Bruce Arena guy? Is that what you're saying? And, and, uh, <laughs> and so. I'm, I'm a Bob Browley guy. Bob Browley yeah. should have stayed. I made a tweet, and because. I really am not. Because. Either. At Swansea. He should have stayed <laughs> yeah. at Swansea. Be- because Matt Doyle's a scoundrel, of course, anything I tweet that's like taking a dig at our, at our own fandom, uh, you know, and, and kind of. Uh, uh, def- deflating our ego a little bit, right? Yeah. I took a video. So what, after the FC Dallas game, they tweeted a video uh, trolling Breck Shea, which is one of their own. Like, yeah. all, you know, so trolling Breck Shea, showing Frank DeBoer's face, Breck Shea's face, and then showing them, you know, hugging, winning goal celebrations. And then it shows at the very end uh, zoom in of all the fans leaving, right, right in the right. 89th minute or whatever. DTID. And so I took that part of it, and then I, I tweeted. I said, Atlanta United fans leaving early to watch highlights of Vela. <laughs> but it's kind of true, yeah. <laughs> like because you know who I'd rather twenty fest. You bro. know, I'm sorry, I would rather watch LAFC any day of the week right now than watch yeah. my own team, and that's what's frustrating. And I, I think that's why fans are walking out because we were promised we'll lose four to three you or know, we'll win matches four while, to three. While yeah. while one percent of this MLS, uh, uh, yeah, you know, of, while one percent of the hardcore MLS use this as a, 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 a for great reason to troll us as plastic fans and whatever they want to do. In reality, everybody knows it's it's a percentages game. And if you've ever watched a Manchester United game or a Barcelona game, you've seen the same thing happen. Right. Real Madrid, yeah. you're dealing with when well, you they, have they, when you have forty five thousand to seventy thousand people. They, they they take out the handkerchief. Or, or, yeah, or yeah, that's when you know. Right. The coach I is watched in but, Arsenal players get told you're not fit to wear the shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. But but yeah. but but not, the the MLS fans isn't there yet. The, the the funny thing is is that that will never go. I I remember when we were doing so well last season. People forget. I remember when we were put, we were shutting teams out so early that people the fans were leaving at the 85th minute <laughs> to go beat traffic because they're like great we already have three goals I'm out of here seven nil against New because England they knew we would hold we knew we would hold five nil against LAFC they knew we would hold onto the lead yeah. because we, that's how that's how powerful consistent we were yeah. and and we weren't super consistent we still had our games against lost against FC Dallas and Toronto and all these things and Houston whatever but at the same time there was a faith and a, a trust built in the fandom so don't tell I mean it I've seen it happen when we've win it's part of being a large fan base where you have thousands of fans every day there's still thousands of fans in Stadium every match and that have never been to a match be- that have never been to a match yeah. before outside yeah. of LA, sure. So, so th- I'm not concerned about that. It's a fun talking point and say, look at how empty it is, and this is an issue. If you look at photos of the supporter section in stoppage time, there were hardly any seats empty, and that actually surprised me because the first two seasons, it was largely 50% casual fans because it was the cheapest tickets, and people didn't know what the supporter section was, right. and for the first two seasons, you're dealing with people that are like, what's going on here? Why is there beer? My flags are in my way, and all that sort of stuff, right? Now, hey, I was surprised. You showed the picture of the FC Dallas match? 95% of the fans were still there in the supporters. And, and that's and what in, matters, guys. I'm it doesn't matter what the rest of the bowl is doing. Right. If your supporter section's clearing out, then we have problems. Well, and I'm in right. 135 right next to the supporters section. Yeah. So we were basically still full as well. There were people that left, but no, Sweetwater 420 Fest was right next door. It was terrible weather. Four uh, o'clock in the afternoon on was, Saturday, Easter, whatever. Yeah, whatever Easter weekend. Or, I'm not trying to make Conti excuses. Says, 
not excuses. People reasons. fucking left a bad performance. <laughs> People left yeah. a bad performance, and and it it wasn't the first. This wasn't this wasn't yeah. le- this time last year. We were four one and one. We had just housed LAFC. We had like literally we were sitting on thirteen points after eighteen instead of right. five. That you you cannot fault the fans for showing. I'm not going to say contempt, but anger at what they perceive to be shitty performance. Let's talk about this because, I mean, we talked about this when uh, the booing happened, right? I said, I don't care if you boo. It's just not my thing because you said I don't if we boo, we can't be friends, Jay. Come on. It was a great tweet. It, <laughs> it got was, a lot it of was engagement. Amazing. I got a lot of engagement on that tweet. <laughs> um, very tongue in cheek, though, right? Like, of course. You know, and and uh, because yeah, I don't care. Do do what you want to do. Um, but where we really have to be concerned is if it gets to the point where supporter sections start meeting in back rooms and saying, you know. Yeah, let's like come we, with a chant or whatever. We're going to chant. We're going to yeah. agree to say Frank DeVore out or stuff like that. Then then I'll be really concerned. But, I but concerned with what? Concerned that, that, the, that, the, that the team has, like we have such faith in Darren Eels. And, 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 and the thing is, just because if it got to a point, let's say theoretically it got to the point at game 15. Where the supporter section decided, this is all theoretical, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, no truth to, behind this, no facts. There's no reason for me to believe this is what happened. Yeah. But let's say it gets to the point where you have banners. We've seen it as Arsenal fans, Vanger out, whatever. Yeah. We've seen it in other sports. If it gets to that point, my concern at that point is uh, number one is not like, is Frank DeBoer a bad coach? Like, that's actually not the first thing I think about. The first thing I think about is, do Darren Hill and Carlos Buckner actually know what they're doing? Like, if we get to that state yeah. where we're, it's that bad, I look then at I'm starting to go, where's the, where's the bigger issue? There's right. more to it. Where was the decision-making? Where did it start to go? Because that's where you go in the spiral of, like, where did it go wrong? Recruitment. <laughs> look, look Why did recruitment we let Garza go? Why did we, you know, all these things. We're yeah. starting to kind of talk on the periphery where, sure, you know, losing to FC Dallas is not a reason to say, well, necessarily bring McCann back and that will fix it. But it, these types of things are going to start being raised and more questions are going to start being raised. Um, and in, especially if it's something that happens before the transfer window. The second thing I worry about is does he, has he lost the, the locker room? Or because elements to me, of I could care less if they're chanting or what the fans think. Right. If the players have faith in the coach, that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think right now... And, you, and you're going to be one of the people on the front yeah, line to kind of have yeah. a pulse if it ever gets to that point. So I think the stories would start coming out well before of course. it gets to yeah, that point anyway. I anyways. think right now the locker room, like I wrote in the piece, like despite the, the narrative of progress and everyone saying, hey, we're, we're playing better, it was a very, I said sober in, in, the, in the article, it's a sober locker room. There's little small talk. There's no music playing. No, no one, no one, no one was spinning themselves. No one was, into was thinking, satisfied yeah, with, right. hey, we created a bunch of chances and we lost. It was not a happy locker room. And so, that's the thing. You can your coach could be Vicente del Bosque. You could be the winningest coach in, in in European history. And you start losing games. The players, it it affects them. And 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 that is the danger. And that, I think that's what Joseph's you know, talked about. Like when you lose that mentality, uh, that's where you lose faith in, in your teammates, in the system. That's where you see the fissures and the, the factions exactly. start to form. Yeah, in, in the manager. Like even if everyone's working their asses off, you're not getting the results, people start to check out. And so that's the danger, um, you know, for Lani Young. That's why I wrote. They're on the precipice of panic. You but know, on when, the positive when people side, start pressing their own personal panic buttons, that's where you start to lose. We've seen we now we're dealing with a different coach, a coach who's been there for a long time in Seattle, like well not a long time, but he's been there for a while. So this is a different situation last season with Seattle, right? He you know, you weren't dealing with Metzer wasn't a new coach, like he didn't just come in. And so 
But that's a locker room that you would have expected at that point would have imploded. And yet they show time after time the ability to look at things in a sober fashion right. and say, and also maybe a lot of old school MLS guys, too, that understand the they league. They had a players only meeting, too, Seattle. Well, right. They, they, also had to, they also had to look at each other and say, Jordan Morris. <laughs> was huge for us and yeah. not having him here. And there's, we massive. could say Miguel Almiron right. was huge for us and we don't have that. But but the thing is, like, I'm just saying, like, as a positive, as much as it's like, okay, this is where things could really go south, you know, we've seen it's possible for teams to bond together over this stuff and, and stick together. But this was not, Messer was not a new coach, right? No. This is not the same situation, I don't think. And also, I don't know how, how, um, a lot of the players in Seattle have been with each other a long time. There's been some some movement with our guys. I don't know. I mean, I mean are you two in the camp of Atlanta United should have um, succeeded Tata Martino with another Argentine South American? I want to Bielsa or Sc- or Scalotto. I, okay. I mean, I was I was I was all in for that. I, I, but at the same time, being Dutch and wearing the Dutch lion, like I know what Frank de Boer was. Mm-hmm. But Frank de Boer from the Johan Cruyff school or Frank de Boer from the Louis Van Gaal school, those are two very different people. So I feel like we're getting 100% Louis Van Gaal, and that scares the ever-loving shit out of me because you're taking an attacking team and you're neutering them. And now it's if it were well, I think he tried, that's the kind of maybe what happened we talked about earlier is and maybe he's trying to let off the the gas a little bit yeah. on that. I, I but, think what ha- uh, Scalotta was a sexy he was a, name, right? Yeah, and he was very much involved in the in the interview process. He had been talked to and everything. Exactly. So so when Front de Boer came out of left field, I think I I fell under this shimmer of like Darren Eels and Carlos know something we don't. Darren wanted Possibly. him at Tottenham, like, and he chose Crystal Palace, and that was the biggest thing for me. Is is like for that, but for them to know that, right, and a- to still a- stand by, I'm thinking like, what do they know that, like, yeah. you know, what's like, agents what's their long term part of this process? What's too, their long term plan? Agents reach out, agents promote, like, but at the same time, would Paul McDonough go in and whisper in their ear, no, 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 or you know, I don't know, like, who are they talking to? Outside yeah. of Darren in a room with Carlos saying, "Oh man, he, great, he did a great PowerPoint." I mean, right. because there's we don't no know. Rayola, there's no. We don't know, you know what no. happened. Like, what was it that sold them? Was it the the idea of a long term plan and the youth, and they just forgot about how things the wheels can come off? If it doesn't matter what your long term plan was, if the wheels come off and everybody's lost faith in and you early in the season, always... you're not going to be around for two years because nobody's right. going to allow right. you. The fans right are not going to allow it you. It looks like a a, a long term plan, mm-hmm. and right now, it, it, it this league and and the way that the personnel of this team was you need homegrowns you need and you also need but but it's like you, you it's okay to have kind of like a short-sighted view of things like okay we need to see we need to keep winning now you know what, what will allow us to do that like Atlanta United doesn't have the academy uh, yet really the the, the homegrowns and the two we also don't have a place, fan base that is used to still, a decade of, of mongering around into the middle of the right. table and barely making the playoffs and, and our expectations are totally but look at what that does to like a team like chicago you know yeah. what I mean? like like look at what it's done to that fan base when you muddle around and you focus on yeah i mean like dallas has had some success they're mm-hmm. they're an outlier they're an outlier because they, they, can, they can do the homegrown and academy thing and but look play at Tor- them. but also look at toronto i mean w- w- toronto you know, still has the highest paid pl- or one of the highest when, paid players in the league we have high, that's, but at the same time when they were struggling last season you didn't see their fan base like completely panicking when do canadians panic over anything <laughs> yeah. here's the thing atlanta reset <laughs> That was the risk. And the reason I asked, like, what camp were you guys in is because for several reasons. One, it's like, look at Matias Almeida in, in, San, in San Jose. W- would you guys have liked that hire for Atlanta? Probably. Mm. I mean, maybe. But here's the thing. What, I wanted Garamendi. I, I see well, our Garamendi. The thing that 
Argentine coaches, like in that school of, of, of Tata and Almeida and Heinze and all these guys, and just look at what Matias wants to do in San Jose. It's like this different way of playing that, like, you just watch Primera. He got a lot of criticism for it. 1v1. Right. 1v1. It's very, like, 1v1. Like, I'm, I'm going and He doesn't have the pieces for it, all this stuff. He doesn't. <laughs> but, but it's like, he'll go to his grave doing it unless yeah. he gets called from, right. by, by a river player or Argentina. But the point is, is that that's what Tata was doing. It's like Tata understood that, okay, I know that I can win in this league playing this way with the right type of players. Give me the players that I want. We're going to do this. We're going to press. We're going to be take risk and, like, you know, Do you think Frank the board just said the right things? I'm flexible. I think they, I can adapt. I evolution, can, not, not revolution. I'm not. Yeah, like these are the things we can't. <laughs> I, we heard coming out of the mouth, and then it didn't feel like that Atlanta happened. Atlanta United essentially, and, and hiring Frank de Boer, whether he ends up being an, an excellent coach, and we, the, I, it's too early to say. I think but. He, it, it is too early, but still, it was almost like resetting <clears> because even back in 2017. Uh, I remember listening to, I think, the Coaches Academy on Sirius XM. It's like super nerdy of me, but like I was listening to it, and they had Tony Annan of the of the Academy, and he was bringing up ways, like how to model, like how he wanted his, like the Academy players to like kind of model what the first team was doing. The first team under Tata Martino, very different from the first team under Frank DeBoer. And now it's like, no, okay, it's a shift. What what Glassy is doing at the twos, it's like they need to play the same way, like. Again, that's a philosophical argument we can have all night. Like, should the t- should the academy play like the first team, or should the first team play like the academy? Should it be one? I think Atlanta United is still is still trying to figure that out. We're not a team that's been around for twenty years that has developed no. a has found a consistent framework that we right. want, right? And so I think Frank DeBoer, they were looking at it. I saying, well, he knows how to build a framework. Framework can coach, you know, at the academy level. It can bring academy players into a first team setup. Then go coach the academy. <laughs> now, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Then go coach in the fucking academy. Does he have that? Glass it, in. Glass in. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'm serious. Like, I, I get the IAC thing. Like, I, I love what he did. I love the four-year run. He was also king catch-up. They started terribly every season yeah. with the talent that they have. W- you know, w- w- with the Ericsons and the Alderweireld. Devin, this is good. This means that we're yeah. going to resurrect. Well, possibly. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but we're also not the young. Yankees of our league, like, right? Like Ajax is the Yankees yeah. of the Eredivisie, yeah. you know. So, so the thing about this is, is you don't have time to catch up because you're gonna get like. You well, can't, I think we have time. You drop points in this against league. Colorado, it's, it's because it's all alarms blaring. But oh, if sure, if you want sure. the supporters' shield, yeah, we're losing t- ground, which should matter. And the fans need to understand that the supporters' shield, in every other yeah. sense of the word, in every other league in the world, is the trophy. Right. Yeah. So that I agree with. I mean, we're losing playoffs ground. is so Americanized. Quickly, quickly for supporter shield, I think we're almost the supporter out of the shield race was, at this point. The supporter but. shield was a, a bigger at one point last season was a was a, a much bigger and higher object, objective than the MLS Cup. Yep. The MLS Cup for for, for I said it in the thing. It was a it, Isn't it always yeah, the big they, objective they once the team realizes they may actually get close to getting well, it? Because it <laughs> you play three or four matches. Then for everybody it. talks it a means, big game. They're like, oh yeah, supporter shield is definitely means, the most important well, it, thing. Honestly, when you're like you know points away from getting. It. If if this were exactly, before you choke in Toronto, if there were playoffs and all that. Well, then the supporter shield will be everything. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. absolutely every. It's what you play for. And so it still means a lot. And, and I don't know. I think Atlanta United can can kiss that one good, goodbye unless they go on this tear. And that sucks to hear. That, yeah. that, that really sucks to hear in April. 
Um, I'm, but I was always comfortable with not getting the supporter shield this year. I knew we were going to rebuild somewhat, and I knew losing Miguel was big. I couldn't foresee all these things like losing Garza, McCann, and all these things uh, happening outside of that, injuries, whatever. I knew it was going to be a slow start. Didn't know CCL was going to wipe us out as much. So I kissed the supporter shield goodbye. I was like, oh, we're going to get in like, you know, a low seed in the playoffs, and it's going to be very difficult. You know, yeah. because they, now the playoff format, yeah, we're going to be in tough shape if we're not one or two. They're, they're, I think, and, and fortunately, yeah, it's it's April. It, is mathematically, can they still win the supporters' shield? Probably. They could go on a twenty-four match run. And, but at this yeah, point, if, so if Vela and Rossi are you know arrested and put in jail for six months for something, but <laughs> at this point, it's like they they have to make the playoffs, man. Yeah. And like, and there's plenty of time for that. Honestly, like that's what I'm saying. Considering is, yeah. that like seven teams get in, and at that point, it's like you just need to get in. Uh, Atlanta has every right to be say hey we can still make the playoffs cool but, yeah. so you're the one seed going to dc in november <laughs> yeah. yeah or sorry you're the seven seed yeah. you know but still i don't think i mean do you think I, I i still don't think atlanta united is at the point where teams are like nah yeah we can play these guys i still don't think i think they are if they were they would I, come I, in like new yet. england in the bends and play they us. are bunkered <laughs> it, it, the the, 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 the yeah. blueprint to beat this team is there it's do you have the athletes to do it it's call up lucci yeah. and say what did you do yeah. no, that's the, the blueprint, blueprint is there right. i'm saying do you have like the blueprint is there it's out it's on film it, it, it was done by dc it was you know columbus i don't count because that's a slog fest but you know every team knows bunker and counter and right. you can beat them now can you stop them on offense that's on your defense but we'll show you how to beat this team so it's there what happens the tactics so don't what happens if we uh let's say we draw colorado um at home mm -hmm. and we're talking about three points from 12 mm -hmm. so it's not it's it wouldn't be good <laughs> it wouldn't be a good look um you know uh, i'd say tune into atlanta united fan tv and shortly he, and afterwards. Here, here's the problem and here's my problem right because two things we have colorado coming up next right on saturday it's another weird time. It's a 6 p.m. game. I hate those games. I hate them. Like, I, night, give me night games all day long. I just, the vibe is different. I don't like afternoon games. Um, and then the tailgate you have, <laughs> after that, you have Sporting KC, which uh, have On the road? recently been, been uh, yeah, have recently been spotty. But we know that when they put best, best foot forward, they can kill you. That's blue um, hell. Yeah. They're a team that, you know, you just... It just does not look good for us after that. After that, we face Toronto, which is always a battle last season, yeah, right? It's, and it's gonna, and it's going to be a battle. And that was when too. we and that's when they were at the bottom. The bottom of the bottom. We were at the top, and it was you know now his roles are reversed. Wasn't right? that they're a second two -two place. draw at home? Yeah, they're second. But, but that's second. my point is that I, and yes, teams can smell blood. They can see. Hey, I think that's what Dallas did. And this this is the question that I'll pose to everyone: Is Mercedes Benz Stadium an intimidating place to play right now? I don't think so. I think I fans think have it's said it's very quiet, especially an early goal. If yeah. you get that early goal, what it's shown is that it gets pretty quiet in it, there. It, it exactly. Was a factor. It was That's a, it. Yeah. And and, and the goal in the 47th minute right after halftime against Philadelphia. Whereas in some of these other uh, stadiums where you have the rafters and stuff like that, the supporter section can carry yeah. through that because the sound will will overplay whatever's happening else in the stadium. And I've got to say it. The bowl is part of that, is really a part of but that. But listen, this isn't about acoustics. It's about teams understanding Atlanta United is is in a bad place. I think we can really go in But it's a Atlanta piece of it, taking the win. crowd but out of it, knowing you can. For, for, for an entire season last year, Mercedes-Benz was very difficult for other, for other teams. I think Portland, for We go one, down, we get louder. 
Portland just couldn't just they didn't remember they couldn't that hang. We, we would go down a goal. Yeah. We would get louder. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. Several teams have been deer in headlights in in, in Atlanta yeah. in Mercedes Benz, but that's that is the that's the danger of not winning games. Do you think calling the fans spoiled had anything to do with <laughs> that? Uh, you know what? But at, at, at the same time, I'm just saying. No, you kill enthusiasm with bullshit like that. You bring in you bring in a guy who speaks like this at all the times and calls the fans spoiled for winning championships <laughs> like. That honestly, I said it in my fan cam. You, you, if you want to see Mercedes Benz become an empty cavern, keep playing this way and and let Orlando Trustfall and and Frank DeBoer do interviews. I think this is some of the stuff of a young team too, because you're used to Tati Martino, and you're like, well, he never he never even sp- spoke that much. You know, he was very guarded with what he would say, and but and when he did, he was just so he wasn't calling in a ninety-two nine. No. but you know what I mean. But he and was very transparent. There's a like, downside to yeah. that too. Yeah, there's a downside to having the coach that accessible. Because when he's not good at it, that exactly. means he's the face becoming the face all the time. Yeah, and and and, top and in marketing, you know all about that. You're building a brand now. Yeah. Frank is becoming part of that brand. Yeah, and, and that monotone and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's all true. part it's of true. the psychology of it. Yeah, yeah. And that, that there's and, nothing engaging. And that and that stuff right. is not that important when you're winning, but it's very important when you're boring losing. interviews, Absolutely. boring football. Um, and then after that, the reason why I'm really concerned is really see this. At the end of the day. Here's I'm, as a selfish fan. This is what all all I care about Orlando. is that this is a ramp up to the Orlando match. This is a start of a run that gets us playing Orlando as early as May eighth. Yeah, I'm sorry, May twelfth. May twelfth. Yeah, That's like right around the corner. If we lose to Orlando at home, like I for can't, the first time, I don't in, even know what to say. Like I couldn't fathom. So we better start improving because, yeah. you know, Orlando. You see me going full Mel Gibson from South Park. Orlando's I mean, just, building confidence. I'll bet you, uh, I'm sure Orlando's team. looking forward to that match. Yeah. The yeah. way things are going. Yeah. I mean, that's how, this, that's how professional sports work. It's like the team you've never beaten, you need something. You need, you need some kind of It was of us hope. with Red Bulls right. last, last year. Beating them 3-0 virtually sealed the Eastern Conference right. Final. And it literally gave the team such a boost that I still think they were riding that high all the way through to MLS Cup Final because they knew that they had gotten the monkey off their back. Yeah. Same thing in beating D.C. True. You True. Know, beating D.C. in the second match of the season, coming off the Houston loss, is what jump-started that run. Like I said, we were 4-1-1 one, and one after six games after being beat you know, 4-0 in Houston in the, in the season opener. So to go on runs like that, you need a catalyst. And I don't know what the catalyst is. Gonna, it's certainly not going to be Colorado. If you beat Colorado, hey – they suck. All right. If 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 you then go out, I mean, like that's the thing though. The, the alternative is if you if you go out and you have another performance and you lay an egg against Colorado, all gloves off. Yeah. You know, I mean, seriously, like like there's there is there is not an excuse. Like he said, you cannot play another excuse card. Like, and even if you win, it's papering over the cracks unless it's seven nothing like we did to New England, yeah. and, and you see a complete 180 from what. We saw last. I week. just want to see consistency over this next few matches. So, I mean, what what's consistency in the next four? Those four ne- those next four matches you mentioned. We we, we said they. I are, just like uh, to see a solid conversion rate. Like if you're going to put twenty scoring, I mean, yeah, and not to be, just and not ba- to like oh Joseph isn't scoring, but like that that would just change everything for this team. Or PT to puts see, away a, a screamer. Yeah, like you know, something. Gave, a if catalyst. I, you need we paid stars. big money for game changers. I want to start seeing you somebody carry a game once if in a while. If I told you in the next you four your you're going to go 2-1-1, one, and one, would you take At it? At some point, the players have to start taking responsibility and playing and, and, and converting these chances and doing this Did stuff. you get that question? If I told you in the next four matches you go 2-1-1, one, and one, but I don't tell you who you lose and I don't tell you who you draw, 
Would you take it? Two one and one at this point. Two one and one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sad, but yeah. How sad is that? <laughs> like, give it to me. <laughs> like, if that was like you know seven points from twelve sounds. If real that was nice one of right those now. like like I can I can one hundred percent guarantee the two one and one, or I can give you a fifteen percent guarantee or a fifty percent guarantee on a three win. Like I would go with the two and one. <laughs> like yeah. give that to me. And that's, and that's the thing. Yeah. Now, now Atlanta United is in, is in that dangerous ter- territory where it's like, okay, well you better just win. What if they beat Colorado with a ninetieth minute own goal? Yeah, and it's like that's the win. It's like they don't put anything. The fans to aren't going to buy that. No, it's like yeah. it's they're, they're, they've our fan base is too smart for that. You yeah, know, the, the team has put themselves with their results in this this precarious situation where now everything is everything is a must win, but. Yeah, you can't just win now. Like well, you have to win convincingly. You have to play the attractive soccer that the brand is that 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 the, this brand is about, that this club is about. So basically, uh, what you're asking me is if if Atlanta United pull an Arsenal against Watford and their goalkeeper <laughs> kicks it into Aubameyang's foot in the third minute, and then they get a red card in the ninth minute, and then they still control the rest of the play, and we win because of that third minute thing, oh, I'll be livid. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That that's that's where. This club is right now. Yeah, that's where they are. And like, yes, there, there's probably a section, a portion of fans that are like, just win, baby, just give me the win, and we're good. We just need the three points, and from there we'll, we'll grow. Well, that's what happens. But with there expectations. are other people that are like, no, it's not good enough. Yeah, Be- yeah. because that's what they've become accustomed. There's to. There's no right answer. Like, what you know, if, for the guy that like one, I'll take one win, and then you know that buys us some time. Great. That's not a wrong answer to me. That's how you feel. And then some people like we're talking. We want to see consistency. We want to see that. Uh, continued improvement. So, um, the nine. Hold on, real quick. The '98 Falcons went to the Super Bowl at 14 and two. The '99 Falcons went five and eleven. So, like, I don't want to make that comparison for Atlanta sports. Right. I just but don't want to make NFL comparisons. Well, at all. But, no. but, <laughs> but you know, okay. Or, or you know, I mean, there, there's just so many comparisons of Atlanta sports. You know, the 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 60 win Hawks team that then becomes the 24 win Hawks team. You know, like like we. I'm so tired of seeing the peak of the mountain. And then just go and screw it. I, I just, don't need to hike down. I'm just going to jump yeah. off. Well, the day we start seeing uh, Braves, Tiger Woods memes uh, <laughs> migrate into Atlanta United Twitter, we know we're in trouble. Um, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, so, guys, uh, some Tiger uh, DeBoer. Some this is this is a, a great topic here as we transition. This has been um, uh, a long podcast, but I think there's a lot to talk about and unpack. A um, spirited podcast. Yeah, Much I like, like it. The training session. I yeah, saw yeah, yeah. But uh, we have an upcoming event. Uh, we alluded to it when we talked about the soccer over there fundraiser the other day with Jessica. Um, she is on Team Columbia for ATL Nations Cup. I am Cup. on Team Columbia as well. Felipe is also on the loaded. Uh, you guys raised like ten grand or something Somewhere. outrageous. I'm terrible. I'm the worst fundraiser. Yeah, ever you don't raised. show up to fundraisers. <laughs> you don't raise money. You just come. In. You're the guy that comes in. Someone made empanadas. You take it. Like yeah. you stop in. You say hi, you, and then you're like, "Can I take some of these to go?" I'll write <laughs> about it in the athletic for you guys. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, "Where'd Felipe we'll do a go?" On I don't know. Empanadas. But there's like seven less empanadas now. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's uh, uh, if you're interested. That's um. At Grady Stadium in Midtown Atlanta, um, and uh, you can go to soccerstreets.org and find out and see all the teams listed there. If you want to donate to Team Columbia, yeah, then you can go there and do that as well. It's from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, you can check that out. Um, and then also iTunes reviews. We have 81 iTunes reviews. Uh, when we get to 100, we'll do a giveaway. If you want to be part of the giveaway, we need to see your name, and the only way we can see your name is if you actually write a review. Just hitting the stars does not do it. So leave us a review. We'll read it on the podcast, and you'll be entered for the giveaway when we hit 100. And I have a little update as well. On Saturday, April 27th, I will be hosting the Schalke versus Dortmund Derby at Brewhouse. So be sure to come on out. They're going to be having a free 
Cheers, German man. breakfast. And when Schalke scores, there's a free round on Schalke US. Uh, so if you are if you're following me on Twitter at Devin for Real, uh, there's a sign up for it. Let us know if you're going to be coming out and uh, support the Bundesliga. Yes, and uh, Tanner will be there as well, right? Yes, sir. Uh, also coming up with Unrelegated and Lane Night of Fan TV, Devin, Tanner, myself, uh, Jessica, I believe as well, uh, and her husband. We will all be in New York City in May for the Red Bulls match or New yes, Jersey sir. as well. We'll be in both. Mostly we're going to stay in Manhattan and then only go to New Jersey when we really have to. But <laughs> that, that, uh, that trek to Harrison. Yeah, so we have all sorts of stuff planned for that. Uh, you can bet your ass we're going to do some fucking recording. Oh, so yeah. it's going to be a good one. Um, I just knew... I just realized we hadn't sworn the entire uh, podcast. So I, I have. Yeah, that you in. haven't. <laughs> oh, God, I, just need to get that I think in. I said freaking at one point. Yeah. I, was like, Can I, I mean, even even uh, <laughs> uh, even Ricky Bevington said shit, Felipe. Oh, okay. Uh, so well, if well, Georgia Public ass. Broadcasting can say shit. Yeah, um, and then uh, just as a final rundown, uh, where can they find you again, Devin? At Devin, D-E-V-O-N, the number four, R-E-A-L. Devin for real on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, it's, uh, you can also check out Atlanta United Fan TV uh, at Atlanta United Fan TV on Instagram and uh, ATL UTD Fan TV on Twitter. On Twitter. And then uh, Felipe, where can find you and The Athletic and all that fun stuff? Follow me uh, at Felipe C-A-R at Felipe Carr. And then make sure you follow The Athletic Soccer at The Athletic S-C-C-R. Because Cardenas was too many, was too many yeah, characters, too, man. There's, there's a lot of Felipe Cardenas out there. <laughs> and guys, subscribe. Subscribe. Come on. Yeah, and Felipe, Absolutely. you're missing out because we're going to go to Breezes and have some empanadas when we're up there uh, oh, at, at Rebels. Well, maybe, I mean, I'd bring some back, but that'd be kind of weird. Uh, they might be yeah, old by then. I don't want that. So I wouldn't do that. Although we get our own at the tailgate now. So did you see that uh-huh. at the tailgate? Yeah, yeah. we have like a whole empanada there. mafia that's like... Starting to get you together. just gave him a name. Yeah, I'm Donata. So, guys, uh, like, subscribe, and share this episode if you're watching us on Atlanta United Fan TV. Thank you again if you're still listening on all the podcatchers. Uh, we appreciate you. Find us at Unreal ATL on all the social media. You can find me at JAY underscore Riddle on Twitter. Kelly's at the Kelly Francis on all the social media. And Jessica is at Jessica ATL UTD on Twitter. Thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, hang in there. We'll see it. We'll talk to you after Colorado match, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll maybe cross a little bit or maybe we'll rejoice I don't know we'll still we'll maybe do another hour and a half podcast if we lose that sounds like (laughs) (laughs) peace out guys